Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 84 of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. And it's a rather special episode. Well, that sounds like an after school really? special. Really? 84? 84. 1984. My favorite novel. And, man, you know what? One of our listeners had a great idea, and that was we can talk about what happened in the, you know, put 19 in front of the show number, 1984. What happened in that year as it relates to gaming? Pinball, arcade, whatever. It was an awesome idea, and I have forgotten it until just right now. Because my my thought was not only would we do that, but we would also make up, you know, starting at like 1980 and catch up. All right, so I have to make a note. I know what we're doing for 85. You know what you're doing for 85? I don't know what I'm doing but for 84. But you don't 84. know for 84? I, I don't. Well, I know we will do that in 85. I don't know what I'm doing right now. You know what I always say? No, what is that? Simplify Gumby. <laughs> I, I, know what, I know what those things oh, mean. Oh, you know what Simplify Gumby is? <laughs> okay, always flexible. Always, oh, always flexible. Oh, that's funny. Well, so for regular listeners of the show, you've noticed that that's not Whitney's voice. And for new listeners of the show, we've got a set-in guest host here with us, Mr. Jim Hale. Say hello, Jim. Hello. You're supposed Jim. to say Jim. Thank you. Yeah. Very, very I'll catch up. Very formal. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, Whitney couldn't make it to record this month. Everybody's okay. Everything's as good as can be expected with Whitney. Life just kind of happened and he was just unavailable. And fortunately, Jim happened to be in town and he offered to set in and he he came in town. I'm here for good. Oh, did you finally make the, the final transition? Is it done? I still have a couple more trips, but yes, I'm in the transition from Colorado to Kentucky. Okay. Well, hey, it's, welcome, welcome it, home. It, it, it's a transition. I'll have to say that. Well, okay. Do you, do you not understand what sweet tea is? Is that, well, you want to get into this game room? We'll play this game because this is the second time I've been on the show. I've always brought a game. I'm, I'm, I love to play games, as my drill instructor said. I ain't got nothing. Milton Bradley ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> he, well, Jim did mention he had a few games for me. I didn't know about the drill instructor. So, you want to play games? All right. You seem like you can get away with that here. I don't know about getting away with it the military, but anyway, we'll play it later. So, no, I'll bring I'm, it up later. Oh, I didn't. I knew that you were in transition, and I figured we we hadn't had much of an opportunity to catch up, Jim, and I. I wasn't sure that you were. If this was the front side or the back side of this transition, it sounds like it's the back side. If you come, it's one big blur to me. <laughs> it is. I, I I packed up the house and I moved it out here. My wife came out early and got her job. So, so are you moving it on your own or no? I for the big stuff I hired movers. Got gotcha, you. The yeah. little stuff and all the other stuff I did myself. Yeah, so. I got. It. I I couldn't imagine. It, this is the first time Jim's been to the house. I mean, Whitney and I have hung with Jim. I don't know how many times it shows over the years and we stay in contact, but this is the first time Whitney or Jim has actually been here. And so he sees the games he's down in the game room. He's played some uh, back to the future and you know, we've chatted, he's seen the firepower and all that. And I'll take you out and I'll show you the uh, project stuff and all that. I couldn't imagine moving next door let alone <laughs> several states. <laughs> and, and you've got pinballs, right? You've got you've I have got a games. storage unit full of pinballs. Yeah. Oh, like not just the balls. And the video machines, games, too. The machines. You've got yes, full machines. Machine. Okay, yes, yes. yes. Let's be clear. We've got a very little Pinball audience. games. I, I didn't know you had video. 
Yes, I do have arcades. That's what surprised me today when I walked into Rec Bar. They had a video pinball playing. I'm oh, an going, Atari video pinball. Yeah, yep. that was like, I'm going, that's not something you see every day. No, that, that, that's a cool game to play. You know, I oddly enough, as often as I'm in there, uh, I haven't played that one but a couple times. I usually get to mess with the games before they come out on the floor when they're still kind of in the back. So I played a few games on that one back there, and it's it's a nice shape. That's I have one of those. It just needs oh. to be repaired. It's got it's the monitors and it's a basically a monitor from an outlaw. So hmm. the black and white monitors they're not that. Come over, Jim. Come on, Jim. I, I'll help you out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> will you be my sensei? Or my, my, Come I'll on, be Jim. the Padawan. Uh, yes, Is that I it? Will. He's looking at my episode one. Yes, Jim. I will. <laughs> I will train thee in the arts, <laughs> the mystic art of the monitor. <laughs> Right on. Oh, so was it got some burning from another game? Yeah, that's basically what it is. I well, guess it's the outlaw game where uh, the cactus is right between the two. Oh, gun no, no, it's, uh, uh, that's gunfight. Is it Midway gunfight? gunfight? Yeah, it's got like a vertical line and there's some kind of cactus. Yeah. Yeah, that th- I'm pretty sure that's gunfight. Okay. I know the Atari game, which is what I think is what that's modeled off of, which is outlaw. It's, okay. Is, isn't that the same game as bandito as well i think it is is it i'm pretty sure let's ask the google box there's people out there because i've got a bandito you know pretty soon you're gonna have alexa or whatever the thing you're just gonna no, ask her no, right I don't, on I don't, air and she's gonna she's gonna answer I, that will i do not let that stuff into my house no what I, I i yes i do use android phones i do use google yes but i turn all that stuff off as soon as i get the device or if i reset it so hey, you're the IT guy. No, I'm not. Yes. <laughs> I, I know too much of what goes on in the kitchen, so to speak. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Bandido Arcade. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Come on. Work for me. I'm pretty sure it's the same game as. No, no, no. It can't be the same game as Gunfight because the, I, I can right off the top of my head. I know the control panel is different. It's a western theme game, but it's got a square in the middle. I don't even know exactly what you do. I've got one. I need to get the thing running. I know it plays blind. I plugged it in, and it scared the you-know-what out of me when it would come up into a track mode, I guess. But uh, anyway, that's something buried in the building. I can show you that later. All right. All right. Well, so I tell you what. So let's, uh, we're going to do a little different show format this, uh, this month. Uh, I don't know, Jim and I were talking earlier, we may actually end up inadvertently falling into kind of the regular format, but with a guest host, I want to make sure I give Jim his due, and basically by that I mean he can carry the show, because I mean, after 84 of these, Jim, I don't have anything left to say, it's all the same. I'm just going to reference 83 where J, J, is it JP, so, J and P, or... So JP from from Podcasterol? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There I is that no segment. way I'm going to do a seven and a half hour or eight hour <laughs> podcast. That that was, I'm sorry. That was Whitney. Uh, that that I mean, he, I listened to his show where they had mentioned that, and that was kind of like the joke because we tend to do these long shows, and then that challenge came up. So in the same show, their show Podcasterol, that I'm hearing them talk about the challenge. We've apparently, we, air quotes, I'm making air quotes so I can't see, we accepted the challenge. And by we, I mean Whitney. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I don't know. October might be that one. Well, it could be. I mean, we could have a big blowout with, uh, uh, we'd have you over, Whitney over. We could just like tag team this and really make our way through it. I, 
you all can use the space. I'm not going to participate in it. Not that long. <laughs> I you'll, can't keep, you'll go to bed and wake yeah, up. Yeah, I can't keep morning, my wits about me. I can't keep my wits about me. You've seen me, Jim, for like twenty minutes straight. What do you want me to do that long? All right. Well, I tell you what. So let me let me touch on some some updates. Just you know, since the last show, so to kind of keep the the regular listeners in in tune with kind of what I've go, got going on and kind of add to that that continuing story. So uh, real quick, my the fire power, Jim. You got to see the fire power. Yes, sir. And uh, it's still sitting back there and it's still just kind of staring at me. And as much as I've wanted to sit down and, and really kind of crank on it, I've wanted to break the play field down. I just have not been able to get to it. Now, why? Life. <laughs> no, I'm not saying why you haven't done it, but why do you want to break it down? That play field is perfectly oh, fine. Well, I, while I've got it, I'm going to just go ahead and re-rubber it and then wax it and it's kind of funny i may have mentioned this on the last show but looking back at that i remember when i first did that game that might have been if i doubt it was the third game i did it was probably the second game i worked on the second pinball game where i'd done a complete tear down and i had taken a billion pictures of it now fast forward all these years and i look at it i'm like I don't think I'm going to take a picture of it. I can, you know, you just take it apart. I, I can take it apart real quick and put everything on a little, actually probably that same card table you're setting at right now. Clean it, give it a good wax. It's kind of half and half. It's half LED, half incandescent. When Steve put it back together, I, I don't know why he did it. He had done it long enough ago that I, I remember at that time, everyone was kind of mixing lamps because the frosted whites for GI were just not really kind of there. So maybe that's why he did it. I, I don't know. I never really asked him about it. But, but it is LED'd, right? The inserts are LED'd. Oh, the inserts are LED'd. Yes. All the GI is still incandescent. Incandescent, really? Yeah. Back when Steve did that, that was kind of the, you know, because I remember researching LEDs to to look at LEDing a game, and that was the school of thought. People were still LEDing just the inserts. So I, I don't know. And, and like I said, I, I never really asked Steve what is what is you know, his goal was when he did it, but I want to go ahead and pull the incandescence out of it. And, and at that point, honestly, the game is two thirds the way apart by the time you pull the plastics off to get to all the inserts in the play field. I mean, excuse me, all the GI in the play field and the heads, you know, the head's easy. It's just right there. But so, yeah, I'm going to break it down. It's just, it's due for new rubbers and I don't know, I might put Titans on it. I haven't decided I'll figure it out, but I have had time. There, there was a couple of electronic issues with it. One of them was the, I believe it's the the player. There, there's a column of lamps that were all just strobing. I believe it got the tilt lamp, the game over lamp, and then the player up lamp. So the four lamps that went around by the displays, it would say, you know, player one, two, three, or four, and it'd light when your turn was up. And they were just constantly so strobing. They're in, the, they're in the same row in the matrix though, right? Is that what you're saying? It was, they were in the same column. Same column in the matrix. Yeah. Okay. Memory, because this, this was a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was the same column. Yeah. So the, the, the driver that was responsible for that column was shorted is what was wrong. So every time I'm guessing I, I'd have to go back and, and, trace the circuit back but every time it was strobed it would just shoot the whole the the whole column was constantly energized so you were watching the game strobe the lamp matrix okay as they flashed in front of your eyes is what was happening so i had to track that down got that fixed the bigger problem with it was the displays you've got a firepower too right mine's in not so great a condition 
I have issues with it. I have power issues. Oh, I have issues with, with all these games. They drive me insane. I think I, I think I put in a coil backwards, so now whenever I try to start it or something, it just sits there. Okay. It doesn't overheat or anything, so the coil is just backwards, and I don't know which one it is. I had about three or four coils burned out on the thing when I got it. Mm-hmm. So I replaced them all. I thought I replaced them in the correct direction. Oh, look, when... But, Hey, it happens to everybody. I mean, I mean, when you do a test probe, when I do a test probe on it, I go to zero, zero volts. I'm going, why is that? So I'm trying to think about it because I got a brand new power supply. I got a brand new driver board. It's a basically ultimate driver board. Ultimate, yeah, ultimate one board. of the right. Is it Rotten Dog makes the Pentec? I've heard of the ultimate. That's because that, this is a Williams System 6. So you've got the the MPU board and the driver board, and you've got that funky like 40 pin connector where they slide together. And then the ultimate driver board replaces all that with one board, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure who makes it. I've heard of them. It's sitting in, it's sitting in the garage or the, the storage unit back in Colorado. So, hey, well, you've had your hands full, man. And, and you know, talking about putting a, a coil in backwards. I mean, Trust me, everybody makes mistakes. Even while I was talking about the working on the lamp matrix, changed the driver, put the put the board back in, and it was doing the same thing. And I'm like, I know this driver was bad because it was it was dead shorted. I, I've got it here on the bench, dead shorted with a meter. Tested it, all the you know the pre driver and just kind of looked at it all around. And I was like, what could be wrong with this? And it hit me. Trying to sneak away in the you know later in the evening to air quotes relax a little bit and work on this game, I had found the problem, and then when I went to get the part out of my bin and I looked back at the schematic, I looked at the wrong portion of the schematic, and I got the part number for the driver that would power a coil, totally different driver NPN versus PNP. Okay. Yep, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, what else did I wreck now? Unfortunately, it didn't. I swapped them back out the next evening. The proof is in the fine details. Yes, it is. <laughs> Those part numbers are important, kids. <laughs> There's a reason for them, yes. But the bigger problem with it was the display. So you've got the master display, and this, this holds true for uh, – I, I don't want to beat my feet to the fire here, but even up through, I think, all the way up through DMD games, you're going to have – on the Williams side, even with the uh, uh, the games that are alphanumeric, you're going to have a master display that then drives all the satellite displays, satellite displays generally being the player scores. Okay? Okay. So the master in the System 6 has a display glass on it itself, and it's got the match and... Credit? Credit or ball and play. No, match and credit. Credit match display. Those are on the on the master display itself. And then the four satellite displays are the, are the player Player, scores scores. on that master display is all the electronics, basically the drivers that drive the onboard display, the credit match display, and then the outline displays. Those drive, the drivers are chips. I wrote the part number down for anybody that cares to know they're UDN 7180A's. They, individually the ins and the outs and just look up the schematic on those look up the 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 data sheet there there's a uh, an in for the signal and out for the driver the driver just will drive an individual segment so you're not driving the whole number like 
you know, all the segments that make an eight, that master display strobes the outlying displays. And depending on what, what is fed into that chip, it lights the corresponding segment. And then the master display strobes through the display. The This is getting more and more complex. This is definitely something that needs to be... I, I was following along yeah, yeah. for until... So, yeah. Basically, I was going to say is basically it sends a signal out to the player displays and the player display decodes it. So it puts it. It's not it, even. No, it puts it's, up the correct. It's score, not. Right? It's, it's not even that complicated. There's no logic at all on the player displays. Each of the displays are literally just displayed a segment at a time. Like if you were displaying an eight, you don't like the whole eight. You light each individual segment in a turn as it strobes, walks through the displays, and it just does it so fast. Your eye makes it, puts it all together, oh, and it yeah. looks like an eight. That's okay. And the, yeah, there's no logic on the on the outlying the slave displays at all. It is just a pin, and if it, it when it when power comes, it lights the it lights the plasma in the display, and the segment lights up. It is much more simpler than I'm making it sound. What ended up happening with it is, is I thought I had lost uh, a driver in one of those chips, and those chips are getting hard to come by. Have you seen the uh, the pin score displays in person? Yes, I have. I have a pair. Oh, do you? Yes, they are impressive. And, you know, you're depending on the game, you're looking at like 199, which I think is reasonable. And that's a full set. Like, I think a full set for that firepower is is right at 199. That's the four player displays and the master display. You can get them in different colors, too. Oh, you can. Yeah. The ones I have seen have have been the the amber orangish color. Those are standard. Okay. They call those. And they look like just really clean, really nice original style plasma displays. It's I put some red ones in my space shuttle. Oh, did you? Very, okay. Very nice. I, I was shocked at how that they look crisp, but they don't they're not as stark of a change like if you took a game and went from incandescent to LED. You know, they don't have that very futuristic, you know, kind of this works but it's out of place kind of look are you saying it looks new versus old and run down it doesn't look old and run it looks old and crisp old and crisp (laughs) how's that okay wait a minute i gotta write that down because whitney when whitney actually ends up posting this he'll need some show titles show titles that's right we always get our show titles from the show yes we do yes we do so I, I thought I, I thought I had blown a driver within one of the chips. There's two of those chips on the master. One chip handles X number, basically half and half. That's how they split it. You know, one controls the the credit match and a couple of the players, and the other controls the balance. Okay. So what it turned out to be was I actually had a bad display glass. If you ever if you have a system six game, and you have a segment at fault and you narrow it down to that segment driver I see there's actually an unused driver on each chip you can look at the schematics and count the pins they didn't use all the all the drivers that are available on that IC so what you can do and I actually had done this on that game before I sold it several years ago and I made Steve aware of it I didn't hide it I said look this is what happened this this driver is out it's got a this particular chip has a bad driver. There's an unused one. So I, I pulled all four legs out, the, the in and out for the bad, 
and the in and the out for the one that was unused. And I run a jumper so that I could utilize the unused driver and basically recycle the chip. Okay. They're obtainable, but they're not cheap. And I already had it right there and it worked. So for a little bit of wire and five minutes of soldering, you're back in the game. No pun intended. And Dr. Griffith is done. <laughs> yes. With the surgery. Yes. The, and I, the patient has made it through. The patient has made it through and you can now see your scores, how, how well you're doing. And that's some surgical stuff though, right there. But well, it's that nice is. to know. Basically, you know, that's how far down you got to get to if you want to keep these things up and running. Yeah. If, if you've got the game and you want to go and drop the 200 in it, fine. If you've got the game and you want to go and drop the money for the, the IC, fine. But if you've got it right there and you just need one more segment driver, you've already got it. It's unutilized. And it's the case on both of the chips that's on the master uh, master display board. And again, that's a System 6 game. I don't – honestly, I've not had to mess with other Series Williams games to that level to know if that same trick is available on, on other systems. But, you know, it, it's there nonetheless. So I went through all that stuff because uh, I the problem I had was on the chip where I hadn't done that before, still had the problem – Turned out it was the glass. I went through the the displays that it drove one at a time, disconnecting them. And when I got to the bad one, the rest of the displays worked just fine. All the segments were there. It was nice and strong. They looked great. I had a bad glass. The way I had to come around that was you can go if to eBay. Filament was burned out or what? Oh, I, I don't know what goes on inside of them. I mean, it's a, it's a, I've said plasma display earlier. So, and I think those are, I think the outputs of those UDN chips are like 90 to a hundred volts. So I'm pretty sure that it, it, it's, it's a plasma gas that's excited by the, by the, the current that okay. that's what lights it. It's not a filament per se. I don't know the inner, I'm, that's all totally from the hip gym. I, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. However, it happens I'm saying it was a short because when that display was connected, all of that, that segment on all the displays that were controlled by that one driver chip, they would all flutter if they did anything at all. And then there's a resistor down on the master display that's in that circuit. And it would just start to get hot. I mean, just like you could light a a paper off of it. It would just start to smoke and steam. It was, it was drawing a lot of current, like it had a, a short, almost dead short to ground. What, what you can do there is scrap the whole thing and go pin score. You can find another display or you can go out to eBay and you can get new old stock glasses for about 55, 56 bucks. And then you got to solder it all in. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, and here's an interesting thing. If, if people weren't aware of this, if the Bally displays, man, this is all pinball hour. Um, what it, I like. Yeah. I know you're a big pinball guy. It's completely different in terms of how they're driven, how the, how they look, how the electronics work. But the glasses, it, it's all interchangeable. They all, as, as far as I know, all the air quotes companies, Williams and Bally, Gottlieb did those blue displays. So I yeah, bet they're the, different. The Gottlieb ones were basically pressure. Those were like a lamp. Okay. So I've heard people, what they do for those are they basically put a voltage through them, burn them hot again. 
So you have all the LEDs come up at once. All the segments come up. All the segments yep. come up, and then that basically gives it a little bit more life. But those things are not being – they are being reproduced again. The problem with that, and I've had to run in, I'm a big Gottlieb System 1 guy. Oh, you're a glutton for punishment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the problem with those replacements, I don't forget who the company that does it, but they have to run a, a separate voltage because they have such a, they take 70, I think close to 70 volts into those to keep those going. So the, a company that actually reproduces them as if. But they disconnect that 70 volts, so they don't really have it. So they run a five volt down to the, basically the bottom uh, plug. Mm-hmm. They run a. Then you get five volt from but, somewhere out of the game. No, they get a transformer. They put it oh. in the, uh, the, uh, Service, the service port, yeah, the service uh, jack. Well, that thing's hot all the time. That the game, even when the game's off, they run it all the way back there, all the way up to the back box, and that's how they basically power them. Okay, so and it still works, and they look like it. They look uh, like the original display, but yes. they're not some some I'm crazy. To, I'm have to look up that company though. Huh. That's the only company I know that makes replacements that not leave system one. Displays. Okay. Well, I've uh, um, let's see, is black hole system one? Yep. Yeah, okay, because I've got a black hole. I, I do like those those blue displays. It's kind of like Luke's lightsaber, you know. I do like the blue over the harsh kind of orange Bally Williams look. So, anyway. But, so, what I ended up doing, and, and you know, you can, you can think about this however you want, but I had some spare Bally displays, the ones that are like on that little frame that are like 90 degrees, Vertical is the display, and then horizontal out the back is the electronics and the header. What I ended up doing is I I had one that I knew worked. I had tested it somewhere along the line, and I don't even remember what game I tested it in, but I had marked it. I ended up desoldering that glass, and then you know basically what you just said, I just swapped them. They're interchangeable. You know, if you're ever in that boat to go either way, or if you've got a bally and you see someone's got a six-digit display on eBay, it'll work. You know, even if even if you've got someone that I saw a few of these too, where, hey, look, this is tested, it's working. Here's a picture of it in my game. You know, oh, but it's a Bally, and you've got a Williams. Doesn't matter if it's six digit, you can take it and you can exchange it. Works just fine. And that's uh, that's from what I understand. That's what the operators a would Bally do. Bally and a Williams, just the glass, just the glass, because the glass. Think of the glass like a DMD. You know. It doesn't matter if you were if you had a DMD era game, it, 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 a six versus a seven digit. No, 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 no. It's got to be the same digit count. Okay. You know, it's got to be it's got to be equivalent. It's got to be the same digit count. Or I'm assuming uh, this is an assumption. An alpha. It's it's it doesn't matter. The pinouts and everything. You know why reinvent that wheel? This is what the industry standard is because if you think about it, those displays weren't just used for pinball; they were an industri- They were used for all kinds of equipment, industrial and otherwise, back in the day. Pinball just rode on that the availability of that that thing. Well, it was off the shelf, basically. Yeah, it was off the shelf exactly. So there's an industry standard for it. If you even look at, at a game, especially one that's got some mileage on, it's had some mix and match parts. If you look kind of like if you look at a DMD, you can tell the difference between a Cherry DMD and the other name. Some of the other companies escape me. At the end of the day, they they're functionally equivalent, but they're manufactured differently. So if, same thing with those the six and the seven digit displays. You can lay out a dozen of them, and you might see one or two different types where it's 
you know, the, the material is slightly different or the background color behind the digit is slightly different. It's because it was manufactured by this company versus that company. Hmm. But from a pinout perspective, they're, they're equivalent. Like I said, so if you're in that boat and you need a six or seven digit glass and you find somebody that say you're Williams and you find somebody that happens to have a good Bally display and you feel so inclined, you can swap the glass and it will work just fine. Or you can do pin score. Yeah. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. <laughs> I, I hate to fix something that's not broken, but I have really thought about putting pin score in the high speed. Because I firepower, let's just be honest, man. It's a trope for the show. It you know, it it's a it's the uh, the unofficial mascot game for the show. Hashtag firepower. Firepower. Take a look up, you know, I, I've had uh, Sean and oh my gosh, what's Sean's wife's name? Sharon, Sharon, Sean and Sharon, Sharon made those for me, the little, the, like the little, that's a pinball. It's like out of cloth, oh, okay. like a, it's stuff, like a little it, pillow yeah. in a, in a bat, uh, like a flipper bat. It says firepower on it. I knew it was a bat. I just didn't know it was a flipper bat. Yeah. It's a flipper bat. Okay. From the, it, from the angle you're sitting at it, it's probably hard to tell, but, and it's sitting on my high speed. actually. <laughs> I, think it's gonna be on, yeah. I think it's going to be on uh, the firepower. Well, here. But like I said, I mean, when I mentioned it, when I got it, I've got to make some decisions and they're hard decisions. And right now I'm more in love with the pin bot that still folded up out in the garage. So, really? Yeah. Have you even turned it on? Well, I played it in Atlanta and then it had some problems. It needs a power supply rebuilt and a couple of things. I'm not, I'm not sweating it. So, but no, I, it's, it's still wrapped in. Still wrapped in plastic and it's held together with the uh, the moving blanket and the and the strap that I bummed from friends of the show because <laughs> I didn't ex- anticipate buying a pinball machine. But anyway, so yeah, man, it's probably I hate to say it, but firepower is probably going to end up rehomed before too long. So yeah, I got to get my basement completed before I move anything out here. That's that's my big job right now. Oh, so you're you're just gonna leave? Yeah. Well, why move to a storage unit here, and why move twice? Just pay the storage unit out there, then just All make I, trip and be done with it. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, the, I like I said, I got to do my carpet like you. I gotta get that black light carpet going. Did you contact the 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 carpet company I sent you, or have you gotten that far I, yet? I've got I haven't even gotten that far. Okay. Yet, so well, I've got to I've got to map out my power supply on my basement too so like you you obviously did a very good job here well so. cool yeah if you need I mean, we can get together on that for something you think maybe i can help you with and then on the carpet because i know people will ask i'm not mentioning mentioning the name because i haven't worked with them eight years at this point oh they installed it you no no it, no, no. In, they installed it i've got a i've got a good friend that lays carpet for a living okay so i had him come do the measurement so that I didn't over or under buy. And then I contacted them and I said, I need this carpet. And they'll send you samples. At least they did. And it, real quick, why I'm not mentioning it is, is I want to, I want you to, I want to see what your experience is. If you talk okay. to them and you're like, Oh, I ain't dealing with them. Or you, you know, they, they sell you. And then after the fact, maybe you have some issues. I want to get all that worked out before. Cause I haven't dealt with them in years. Back then, though, they would send samples. So, like, 
probably over to your left between the Gorf and the careful because I usually stick pinball glass in between games over there. Do you see a little carpet square like between Tron and Gorf or between Gorf and, and Berserk? You could call and say, give me a sample of, you know, carpet one, two, three and ABC and XYZ. And they'll send you like a, a 12 by 12 inch sample that you can check out. So I, I had this carpet. Which which color do you have, Jim? Has it got the black background on it? Yeah, that's the black. Yeah. So I had this same carpet with a blue background, this kind of this dark blue background. Instead of black? Instead of black. And it's somewhere around here. And then a third sample that I can't even remember. And the, that's what they sent me. And I, I made my final decision, said, okay, I want so many square yards of this one. And then they shipped it to a, a depot a trucking depot not far from here. And I just went up with a truck and a trailer and got it. And the, the only reason I took a trailer is because it was a bolt, you know, whatever the length of a bolt of carpet is. And my, yep. I took my, my 12 foot trailer instead of having half of this bolt hanging out of the eight foot bed of my truck. And then I could push the trailer in the building too. I wouldn't, it wasn't just me trying to get the, you know, the trailer, the carpet off the back of my truck. But then you have to cut it to fit. So well, you roll it outside, have it outside. My, my buddy it. just come and laid it. That's his magic, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know? So I, I just got the carpet. <laughs> and I said, Here, here's the room. <laughs> I'm at it. I purchased a uh, Close Encounters here not too long ago oh. from Dan at Main Street Amusements. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan, um, oh, my gosh. Dan's a great guy. I, I've actually sold him a game, and I follow Main Street's Facebook page. Yeah, so I was jonesing, <sighs> I was jonesing for now. a pin in my game room, so I... Had to go buy one, so oh, it's just to have something. No, I, well, I've been, I've I've been eyeballing Close Encounters because you don't really Dan see Dan St. John. Is that his name? I think it's St. John. Yep, I gotta go look it up. I just now. call him Dan at Main Street Amusements. Yep. Dan's a good guy. It's a very nice place he's got there too. I have not made it to the to his, his shop, so I've been playing that for a while. It's an interesting Gottlieb System One street level game. I'm a big street level guy. I want to say I remember. He listed that. Did he have it on his? He had it on Pinside. His? Okay, okay. That's All where right. I saw it. There was two of them. There was one up north by Chicago. I believe it's Dan St. John. So I drove up there to Lafayette, yep. Indiana. And How far up is that from here? 186 from my place, probably about 150, 145 probably from here. So it took you um, two hours to get there? Three with all yeah. the construction that I had to run into. But I did turn on the GPS. Oh, he posts everything as does. Main Street Amusements, like we post stuff as Broken Token. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Dan St. John. Dan's a good guy. So that's the only game I've got right now. I don't have any arcade games or anything right now with me. Like I said, i got to get my game room up and running. I've got to get mine back together. Back together? Oh, man. This is bad? Well, that uh, one corner is pretty bad. It's pretty stuffed, yeah. When Jim, the, Jim's introduction to my game room was not as I would like to show it off. With the walkout door that I've got and just the way things are laid out, we've had this conversation about you know space and making decisions. But I've got two Century games here, Phoenix and Time Pilot. And right, everything's on sliders. And they're slid over to give full access to the, the walkout door that goes out to the driveway. I just left it like that because I know that as soon as I put it back, I'm going to be moving like that firepower out. 
So I, I didn't have any plans to have anybody over. So everything is kind of shoved. Those two games are slid into the – my basement does like this L shape. And they're slid into the short side of that L, and it kind of clogs everything up. Let it me also ask, obscures Ziggy. You Ziggy, can't see Ziggy. Oh, I, keeps, it keeps the little guy trapped, so I know where he's at. Now I've seen Ziggy. Oh, you you hadn't noticed that? No. He's I'm right not. there. <laughs> is that the way he's getting freaked out? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Yeah. And then you saw where the panther is, right? Yes, the panther and me go back a while. Yeah, you and the panther are buds. Yeah. I want to ask you a question about your time pilot. Yeah. All right. Since your background on video games is probably far superior to mine, because I spent <laughs> basic, like I'm going to be on a spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, when I was a kid, I spent the early '80s basically in Europe, and we got all the big games. We didn't get any of the smaller games. We did get stuff like Time Pilot and Phoenix and all that, but we didn't get any of the smaller games. So I don't really my knowledge of all those obscure titles. Mm-hmm has to be filled in. That's why I'm trying to learn it all. But for the time pilot, no question, this is a historical question for you. Was Atari, did, did Atari ever release that? No. I mean, that's... Then, well, there's a CPO up in the one-up Colfax in Denver. And what if nobody's been there, in the bathroom, they put up this black and white wallpaper of basically all these CPOs up in the bathroom. The one-up Lodo down by the baseball field has graffiti all over so you can barely recognize any of the cpo art black and white art wallpaper so, up so there. did they like scan it in the black and white then make it into wallpaper yep okay so basically you have zevius and this is zevius right yeah zevius okay. the way i say it some people say zevius or i always call it said zevius. and you have like bad dudes and so mm-hmm. on and so forth but there is a cpo for a time pilot and it has an f4 going out and there's different art for it and that's what i'm asking did how many are those more common or less common than those ones from Taito? Well, that that game is from Century. Century, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And Century, for the most part, they licensed their games. So you know they would come from you know other companies, and then they would uh, they would kind of make it their own, so to speak. You know they they kind of like uh, like Pole Position's Namco game that Atari licensed from Namco and sold. And, you know, that's where Pac-Man is. It's an Amco game that Bally did. And Dig... Yeah, all those games yeah. originated in Japan, though. Right, they, they right. brought over, imported. But right? I'm not aware of any time pilot with the Atari name on it, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, me. that's what I'm trying to do a little bit of background, because I, I, I kind of i am a big Atari guy. Uh-huh. Awesome. Better. You're a Commodore, right? Yeah, 64. Yeah, yeah 64 I, for life. I was 64 an 64 for life. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm an Atari XL, so or 800 guy. So you shall leave now, sir. Our, our, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but Atari, you know, Atari was the company back in. The oh 80s. yeah, absolutely. But that's why I'm kind of I'm I'm interested in know a little bit more about the history and seeing because I think that CPO art that I saw up there. That's why I'm trying to get that from because it had an Atari logo on it. I know who would probably know. He's actually up in Indianapolis, and he likes to re- he he's likes to collect that really obscure I'm right there kind of, he and he focuses on video stuff he likes the more obscure the better he really really gets into the artwork like he's been down in Louisville and uh, he stopped by the house and gone through even like my stacks of art 
and just to take pictures and looking for little like publisher's marks and some of the real esoteric, real generic stuff that, that I had that actually came from my friend, the Litzies that they had from a, a buyout years ago when they bought out someone that made like basically bootleg games and all this kind of generic, but yet interesting artwork. That stuff that really appeals to him sounds like something he would know. Okay. And if anybody, if any of our listeners out there know, reach out to you know me, Brent at Broken Token, or hit us up on the Facebook page. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, I'm not aware of an Atari issued uh, now, Atari license time pilot. Time pilot. Now I wonder. I don't know why it would have been in Colorado, but stranger things have happened. I, I wonder if there there was something they did in Europe. They were that able to could possibly be. That could that that could be. I mean, I wonder where they got the 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 artwork for the wallpaper they made. If they just downloaded a bunch of stuff offline, that would make sense. A bunch of images offline. Well, anyway, Colfax isn't as bad as Lodo now, but yeah, I, I do like the artwork on the, in the bathrooms. So, <laughs> so are these arcades or these bars? I, I, I the one up. You know, oh, oh, you said Colfax and Lodo. What's that? One up Colfax. We call it one up Colfax, one up Lodo. Oh, is it two locations? Two locations. Oh. Three now. There's actually now called, or uh, there's one up Greenwood, Greenwood Village. Okay. So there's three of them now. Oh, all right. No, I wasn't. I can't so, keep up with Jim. Rec bar, Bar's got to catch up here. The only reason I know where my shoes are is because I can feel the pressure on my feet. I can't keep up <laughs> with stuff, Jim. The, it, it, this, that close to me. Okay. <laughs> Let alone what goes on in Colorado. Okay, but you got you got to spell it out for this <laughs> simple simple Kentucky boy, Jim. Those simple Kentucky boy. Let's play a game. Well, all right. Well, let me let me hit these <laughs> let's real play quick. this game. It's, it's going to be a real quick game. Okay, right? all right. Let's do that. Let's all do right. that. That's fine. Let's let's do it. I call it Tito Tito. <laughs> why does why does your second pronunciation sound very heavily British? <laughs> I, it just happened to happen that way. But okay. All right. We've all you've always had this conversation on this show about how things are pronounced, right? Yeah. There's always been this ongoing pronunciation. So yes. what what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the Kentucky pronunciation. 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 Pronunciation for me. Pronounce it for you. <laughs> um, okay. So I've got to tell you which one's right. You got to give me the correct. Oh, this pronunciation. Is, this be tricky. This could be so tricky. So I'm going to say what I what is it's commonly referred to. There's only like three words. <laughs> this is oh, and you've already you've already done one word, so this should be pretty easy well, the, for you. We'll the, start it off easy for the, you. Okay? The funny thing here is, is just before the show when we were, I was leveling mics and pull back the curtain a little bit. I was talking about uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours and how forever I called him by, and everyone that I knew called him by. The, they pronounce his name, his last name incorrectly. And now since it's, it's stitched into my brain, I, and I, I think he enjoys it, but he'll look at me and he'll kind of giggle. Not Jim, actually the gentleman I'm talking about. Cause it's like, what do I say? <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm, my brain's everywhere and I can't. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So this is timely. Go ahead. All right. Louisville. Louisville. You said, okay. <laughs> Did I say that? I said it like... That's how you say it. That's how you say it? That's Louisville. Isn't it Louisville? Technically, yeah. Or Louisville would have been a correct answer, too. Louisville. 
But unless you live here. Unless you live here, it's Louisville. It's Louisville. If we make some kind of international news, I don't care if it's for the world's biggest pie or it's some kind of something It's always going to be Louisville. And it... Because every it, time I cross the 64, a bridge from New Albany into Louisville... What's your GPS say? No, it just says Jennifer's Louisville. But you're saying Louisville. Louisville. So I always see a big picture of Jennifer Lawrence up on the side of the oh, building because yeah. they always have <laughs> these pictures of people around the city of Louisville. There's yeah there's there's fa- there's people that are um, so are, are notable people from the state of Kentucky. There's a lot of the buildings downtown. They have like a profile picture of them and it'll say whoever's Louisville. And you're talking about Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Yes. Okay. So yeah. it's Jennifer's Louisville. Louisville or <laughs> <laughs> Louisville. So all right, that's the one. Oh, this is perfect. All this right. is- Next one is. Well, oh, when I hear us on the national media, I'm like, oh, I just cringe because it's like Louisville. <laughs> it's so it's like, no, <laughs> I, I can tell you if not from around here. All right. What's the next one? Versailles. Versailles. <laughs> it's Versailles. No, it's not. <laughs> what's Versailles named after? What city is it? Uh, is it Versailles? There you go. <laughs> Versailles, Kentucky. <laughs> that's a pet. That's never say that. Is, I'm just trying to get you. So, I'm trying to get you prepped for when you he, meet my wife because if you ever say this incorrectly, she's just going to grit her teeth like you're probably going. Ugh. Jim is so tickled. He is turning red. <laughs> It's just this, it's like, it's like learning a new language almost. I mean, well, you know, the, and the thing is, is Whitney, I'm, I'm, I'm city for Kentucky, you know, cause I grew up in Louisville, but my accent tends to be thicker than the average person that my neighbor, you know, for whatever reason. And Whitney grew up out in the country. So his is a little thicker than the average person here in town, but you get the two of us together to someone on the outside and both of us, (laughs) we just fell off a truck. (laughs) So yeah, we, (laughs) all right. Last one. All right. I just took a drink. Hold on. Let me put the cap on. So don't spit it out. No worries. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Holler. Holler. Like I'm going to holler at you. (laughs) We're <laughs> down in the holler. Yeah. That's the correct one, but down in the holler. Down in the holler instead of hollow. There you holler. go. Thank you. It's not down in the hollow. It's down in the holler. Holler. And then if I want to, if I want to get your attention, I want to holler at you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. That, that's honestly the way. That's the way we would talk. All right. That's the game. I, Thank I, you. <laughs> that was that was what we call Tato Tato game. Thank you for playing. That, that that's the southern version, and we're not even that far south. I mean, if you think about it. It's we're, still learning another language. We're considered Southern state, but we're kind of central. All right. But <laughs> what do you got next? There? Oh, my gosh. That's funny. All right. A few more things I wanted to mention that just stuff that I've been up to. Uh, and this is more of a service announcement. We mentioned this back in the day when Ghostbusters was a new game. And, you know, it's got the the Scolari brothers. How you say that, Jim? Scolari, 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 Scolari. <laughs> the drop, uh, the two drop targets that are in the middle of the game. Well, way back when, I know my my buddies at Rec Bar, they had a pro. That was their first stern game, if I remember correctly. And one of them wouldn't stay up. The way these things are designed, 
I don't want to seem like I'm always knocking Stern because I mean, at the end of the day, they put out some pretty nice pieces. They're still doing it and they're doing it well, you know, and even, even cars that I love, there's still problems with them. So there's things that go on, but the, the, there's a catch on the drop target assemblies that catch the target on the upstroke and hold it up. And it's this little ledge and it's made of plastic. So if you look at the back of the well, drop targets are made of plastic. Brand. No, no, no. The target itself is made of plastic and there's a little tooth on the target that catches this ledge. Are you saying the tooth is plastic? No, no. The ledge that the plastic target catches on is also plastic. Oh, it's the end stroke catch. Is that what is there? I didn't know is the that, technical is that name a, for a it. reset. Is it part of the reset? No. So like if you're looking at if you pull if I open that game up now and I unscrewed the whole assembly and handed it to you. OK, there's the metal work that has the coil mounted to it and then the top of it that actually screws into the bottom of the play field. And then the back side of that metal work is where the plastic target rides. And there's a little tooth on the target that catches and holds it up on a holds reset. Yep. Well, that tooth catches on a plastic ledge. There's a piece of plastic screwed to the back of the, of the bit metal work that acts as the catch for the target itself. So it's trying to lessen the friction for, for the reset of the drop target. It's a plastic well, on plastic. Is that what you're saying? It's, I don't know if it's trying to lessen the friction. I mean, all the other, like I've got drop target assemblies out in the building out of older games and there's just a cutout or a hole or a punch out in that metal. I don't know why they did it because it seems like more work. There's just a in the older set, uh, assemblies. There's just a catch, a hole, or something that the tooth of the target will rest in on a reset. I don't see it as being less machine work because you've got to do the machining to make the part, and then there the, the the assembly steps because they're held on with a single drop. They're held on with two screws. So you've got the hardware, you've got the assembly, and then you've got the, the making of the piece itself. On Rekbar's game back in the day, one of them wouldn't stay up, and what had happened is that thing had broken. Just that little pla- – you open the game up, and there's two little plastic nubs under two screws with nothing between it, so now the drop target won't catch when it goes it just up pops for reset up and, then goes and down. just drops right back down. And I hadn't seen it come, up, come around in a while, and I hadn't thought anything about it, but they're Black Knight premium recently had an issue where a three bank two of the targets wouldn't stay up and it's the same deal it's just it's wide so instead of having one with two screws it's the entire width of the assembly there isn't three separate ones so now they're not even recycling the single one that they already have they have made one specific for a three bank that's the same deal with a little bevel so that it can you know, the drop target kind of flip right over it, the little tooth on the target, and then one, two, like four screws to hold it in. And it had broken out two of the segments so two of the targets wouldn't stay up. You know, at the end of the day, I, I, like I said, it just seems Stern did it, designed it that way for whatever reason, it works for them. But, you know, what I did for to help them out back in the day, and actually, I, you know, we just did it on their Black Knight I took a, a piece of aluminum, aluminum flat stock that you can just get at Home Depot or Lowe's and and remade that piece and beveled it a little bit with a file just so, you, you know, it wouldn't be like a squared off edge that the target was hitting on a reset coming up and replaced it so it'll never break again. The targets will snap a thousand times before it'll wear that that aluminum bar out. 
But it was just, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about it in forever, and I remember mentioning it back in the day. So, yeah, if you've got a newer Stern game from at least Ghostbusters on, and I, I'm assuming, I don't know how far back they did it, it's just, I like to throw spare parts and orders. I wonder. I, that's something I think I'd have a few of sitting around. I wonder you know? if that's related to the issue that Metallica had with all the uh, drop targets that breaking, front, breaking off because I was told that that was just a bad batch. Would that have been... Now, now you're talking about the whole target itself? Yeah, the... What's that one in line? Those, those four, three at those the graveyard on the, the left. graveyard on the left. Yeah. I didn't know that they had... Um, there was a bad batch of those that just went out when it first was out. So that's a, that's a separate piece. That's the target itself. This little piece of plastic I'm talking about is like a just a little bar, and it's actually on the 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 assembly the the metalwork. It's hmm. not on the target. So the target when it goes up. So how is it attached to the, two the assembly? Two, two screws. screws. Yep. It, on a single, you know. So can you do it with your uh, printer? Can you replace that or fabricate that part with the? Printer? I bet you could. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Okay. It wouldn't be that difficult to do. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's however, the whatever the width of the target is, in the case of a three bank, what is it? About four or five inches. And then a couple holes. I think it was four holes, two on either end and two inbound in board. And if you want to do it like the original one, the, the side down toward the bottom of the cabinet, there's a bevel. So that like when the target goes up, that tooth the top side of it's got a bevel and they match and the target will just pop right over it. And then the spring will pull it and catch it on the lip. Yeah. It's just, I just thought it was kind of odd that, you know, it seemed like a step backward and it seemed more complicated than the way things had always been done in terms of, you know, just either having it catch on the metal work itself or just punching a hole in it. Well, you got to get into proprietary stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe, you know what it could have been one of those, If this is still a thing, um, the reason why you have jet bumpers versus pop bumpers versus what it it all comes down to uh, to uh, copyrights and patents. Maybe there was something there that they couldn't do. A belly pop bumper is different than a Gottlieb. I've yeah. learned that lesson well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And then the names are different. You know, I know people that call them jet bumpers. You know, I've always called them pops. I guess that's kind of what you grew up with favoring and what that manufacturer called them. If you've got some newer Stern games, pop open your manual, take a look at the drop target assembly. And as soon as you see it, you'll understand if you can't visualize it, what I'm talking about. Next time you order something from Marco or whoever, I'd throw a couple of them in there. In a a commercial situation, I I could see taking the time and maybe just fabricating a set, a piece out of aluminum and just be done with it. But in a home setting, I haven't changed them in my Ghostbusters. It's still got the original ones in there. And it r- reminded me why I'm bringing this up is because next time I do an order, I'm going to try to order a couple extra and throw in the bottom of the game. So, so those are them. readily available after my I've never looked them up. Part, uh, I've never Marco, looked them up. I don't even know Marco what you has them or not. I don't know. I don't okay. even know what you call right. them. I'd have to pull the manual out. But yeah, I'll pull your manual out and go to your pop bump or your pop bumper. Go to your drop target assembly if you've got a game with drop that, targets in it. That brings up a question. Does Stern have blow up? diagrams of all their parts oh their their manuals that's their manuals are awesome they are really good because i know williams i've got a williams one and uh, gottlieb always 
produced theirs, but mm-hmm. I've never seen a Stern one. Yeah, the Stern manuals, the contemporary Stern manuals that I've seen are pretty darn good. Are they on electronic only? Uh, no, you, you get them with the games, unless that's something that's changed recently. Okay. You know, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later. I know my dialed in has a 356-page PDF. Oh, yeah, and you can you, you could view that on the on the display on the game, can't you? I, I, you could do yeah, that with Wizard can. of Oz. Yep. yep. Now, the Stern, unless it's something that's recently changed, and we'll talk about the things I've noticed recently changing in Jurassic Park a little later in the show. Unless that's changed within the past couple games, you still get a manual, a printed manual, and it's it's pretty sweet. They they, they do their manuals right for sure. So, uh, and then other than that, a, a, a quick note, and I had an opportunity since the last show to work on a House of the Dead. You ever played House of the Dead? The crowd I've heard of is a stand-up shooting game. It's a shooter game. A crowd much younger than me it really enjoys that game. More power to them. Uh, I had an opportunity, let's just put it that way, to to work on a monitor out of one. It was, I think it was a, a Neotech, and pretty sure those are medium res games. I think, yeah, it's medium res game. Is that <laughs> the same size as a Carnival? Is, uh, it, is that pronounced correctly? It's Carnival. Carnival. Well, I mean, we're in Kentucky. Carnival. I don't know. It's Car- I pronounce it Carnival. <laughs> Carnival. I think, because this, this I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that the House of the Dead is a 27-inch game, and I think the Carnival I don't know if they're twenty five or twenty seven. I, I think I think a Carnival is twenty five with the standard res monitor. Okay. Nonetheless, I got into this thing, and it was it was doable, but it was forty caps, and it, that's it. It was not. That's it a, was like oh that's my a God. big cap place, and and, and that's Holy definitely smokes. what it was. Forty caps. It, it, I was kind of going into it blind. I, it's not like a Geo 7 or a K7000 or any one of the old school standard monitors where I can go pull one of mine and test the chassis. So I actually got out my ESR meter just on a wag. I'm going to go through these and just see. And sure enough, there was a couple in them that, that were open. They were they were absolutely shot. And that's all that it turned out. Because I couldn't test it. So I was just like, let me see if I'm at least in the ballpark before I mess with this thing anymore. And man, <laughs> I'll ever do that again. <laughs> That's the I, only way you can test a cap is out of circuit. Uh, supposedly, and I'm admittedly not an EE, but supposedly an ESR meter will give you a reasonably good, you've got a reasonably good chance of success even in circuit. But yeah, you, you really should pull them out. Aside from looking at them and looking See like if they're, they're, they're bubbling or something. Well, I, you know, funny enough, I just actually, I fixed an LCD. And if you've ever had like a, an inexpensive computer monitor, and I know this happens a lot with even TVs, when you get down under about, a th- probably in today's world, under about a 40-something, 42-inch TV, it's such a commodity that even the upper-level brands, a, a friend of mine that has a, a, a small electronic store here in town, he and I were talking about this some time ago, and back then it was 32 inches, that even the upper brands... He really loved LG, but he wouldn't touch an LG anything 32 inch or below because they were made so inexpensively to keep up with the Walmart store brands and uh, all the other brands. If they wanted to compete in that space, they had to build down to a cost. And I actually had an e-machines, if you've ever heard of them. (laughs) If you ever heard (laughs) you're laughing, they were... 
That's old school, baby. Oh yeah, I mean this thing. This is this probably e machine has. It was probably a twenty-four inch monitor. Oh, this thing's old. Oh, it's a, a two monitor then. No, 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 no. It's a, it was a flat panel. It was a flat panel. It was a okay. flat panel, and it, it was classic power supply. You turn it on, you get the LED, and it go right off. I almost threw the thing away a billion times. I'll never get to this. I'll never get to this. I just went through and, and kind of reorganized. I have done that since the last show, kind of reorganized the garage a little bit. And I thought, okay, I, I'm going to put this thing on a stalk off, off the side of the, the workbench because I've got a PC out there and I've got this monitor. All right, I'll crack it open. And I'm like, I don't care if I scratch the, the bezel or anything. I just took a screwdriver and just jammed in there and pop, 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 you know, because they're all just pressed together. Opened up the power supply and that was what you're talking about. That's exactly what the caps looked like in it. Looked like in it. They were just like bulged, and all kinds of crud was running out. And one of them had a literal hole in the top of it. That's oh, interesting. They were the cheapest things. What he said about the LGs and not anywhere below 32, because I would think that'd be a modularity issue. I mean, obviously, as you get up, you can. They design these things modularity oh, modules. So, so all you got to do is look. Okay. Here's the power supply. Pop it out. Test it. We'll make sure you got the correct voltages off the power supply. Mm -hmm. If it's not that, then you go on and you start looking at basically the computer or the CPU or whatever is mm -hmm. driving the rest of the monitor. So, but I don't understand that. Your thought is like on the bigger displays, almost kind of like with arcade monitors, a K7000 is a perfect example. They had a lot of 19s and a lot of 25s. Through uh, several of those model numbers, they were identical other than a couple components that changed changed voltage and a few things that would that would deal with the yoke for the different size monitor. A lot of it was in the power supply section. It was in the, in the voltage regulator. A few other things here and there. So what you're thinking is, is TV-wise, TV okay, I'm going to make a 42 and a f whatever the standard size are, 48, 52, 55. Tuner's all the same. Power supply is probably the same for a, this model and that model, and you might have to step up because you're a bigger display. That you know, model three and four. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. You got me. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, if you were putting your high end components in your more expensive, larger displays, and then you've got you've got Walmart with what? What do they sell? Vizio? Is that like a house brand? I don't know. I, I, I've looked into that. I, I, Samsung, Vizio, LG. What's some other? I've even seen, believe this or not, I've even seen uh, TVs with the Polaroid name on them. I have also yep. too, yes. And, uh, the, they make their way in Walmart a lot during the Christmas season. I wonder yeah. if RCA is still making TVs. Oh, I I know there's RCA names on. I've seen RCA names on electronics how much of that stuff is just someone owns the name RCA today? Hmm. Who knows? But get yeah, it old, anyway. Brent. Get it yep, old. Yep, we are. So yeah, I've I've used my my arcade repair skills to fix a, you know, if you got one, an old monitor laying around and you need it, you know, crack that sucker open because even even the TVs, uh, I, I've had folks, you know, friends call me up and hey, I've done all this research and I bought the kit. If I come over and yeah, I come over, you know, and, and with, with the, the stuff I got on the bench, you were looking at that earlier, you know, we talked about hacko equipment that I like to use and Whitney's got some hacko stuff and I can, I can drop the caps out of a power supply for a, a TV in no time, you know, sit there and chat with a buddy, you know, tear it open. If it's already broke, what difference does it make? 
That's that, that's my philosophy too. That, I, that is exactly right. If it's broke, how much more bro- how much more broke can it be? Exactly. I I just I've got to test a, it, learn it, learn I've got, something. I've got a Samsung tablet and the battery. I've had it for years, and the battery finally started to puff on it. And I looked at it one day, and it was just like overnight. And it, it it expanded like a biscuit. It was pushing the dis, the the screen off of it and everything. And I'm like, hey, the batteries are cheap. Even the actual Samsung new old stock batteries are cheap. I can't break it any worse than it's already broken. I'll try to fix it for twenty bucks before I go out and the tablet worked fine. Other <laughs> than the fact that you know, I cut my teeth on Xboxes. Oh, replacing the laser the laser. The laser. The lasers in the either it's either an LG or it's a what's the other brand Philips. Philips. Yep. You know I do you remember the episode where I was talking that well there was a couple I was talking about the uh, Sega Dreamcast. Yes. Sir. As I was trying to get all that lined out, I had one. I, I delved into the Dreamcast myself too. The power supply is pretty easy in that little thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's uh, not much there. The lasers. They're a little bit more tricky. It's I, a matter of getting them finely tuned. You're talking about yes, just finely tuning that it, laser to just to read it, and hopefully it does. I tried. Uh, I I have one that is in the uh, um, the kind of an earlier one, one of the more desirable model number ones, but the laser was shot in it, and I happen to have like this stack of old PC equipment, and I happen to have what should have been a compatible. CD-ROM drive for, <clears throat> pardon me, for a laser transplant. Should use finger quotes for that. Finger quotes. Always lasers. Always use finger, <laughs> finger points for lasers. And, and I gave it a shot, and I was unsuccessful. But you know, it was one of those I, I had already. I didn't need it. I was just like, let me see if I, I can make it work. But yeah, it's, those those things are funky because they've got a. a a Phillips head screw on the side of you know them. they have SD drives now for oh place yeah to, those the, are sweet the lasers those are though I, I've heard that some of the games will not play on those they won't load correctly oh you know, no I've not heard in, that yeah there's certain specific games that won't load one of the companies that sells the S if if you're a console Dreamcast aficionado well, I, I not only did I see those but you can from one of the companies you can get either the STL to 3d print or they will 3d print for you yes. a little carrier deal that will sit down under the door where the CD would go and you can mount where the laser would pop up through. Yes, the, exactly. Yep. And you can mount your SD card holder in it. You can pop, you open it up like you're going to put a disc in it and change the card out. It was, it, yep. it's really sweet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I saw that and I thought I might convert mine and, Mine's still in a box underneath one of these games. Well, the well, one I was repairing, I had issues with it. What happened is, is the laser was fine, but the driver board for the the CD was basically bad. So, oh, okay. Uh, troubleshooting that. I don't know how much surface mount work you do. I don't. I've I've thought That's about the next step. I hate to say that's going to be the next step if you want to try and keep things running. Funny you mentioned that. A few shows ago when I had mentioned, you know, just family stuff and my uncle, I think I mentioned that we had, he had slash we had some games that were at his house and they made their way back here. And one of them was a golden tea. That's actually at a friend's house right now. I had gone through the, the monitor in it. It ended up having a video problem on the board. I had another one of those golden tea boards. They're pretty inexpensive. It's no big deal. 
so it, that was a 2000. I had a 98. I changed all the chips over, put it in the game. It's done, you know, and it's sitting over there and I'll probably end up. So we need to sell. It. it just needs to be out of the way. Regardless where I'm going with all this is I'm staring at that board and a lot of it is surface mount. And I'm, I'm thinking, cause I, I don't have a use for it at this point. Then they're so cheap. And, and I said, Nope, I'm going to hold this because this would be the perfect board to teach myself how to do surface, surface mount, mount work repair. Funny enough, I can look right down at it. And, you know, I can follow the video circuit back off the edge connector. It's, it's missing. It's got red. It's missing blue and green. And it looks like something has struck the board in one of the chips just just slightly in board of the edge connector in that circuit is physically damaged. So there's my first candidate right there. But you can't retrace it. Well, I mean, to replace is what I'm saying. Oh, you're going to replace it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that bad? It's yeah, oh, just, yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it, you can tell it's cracked. Okay. Yeah. It, even even as small as the, the little, it, it's just some 74 series. I can't, I'd have to pull it back out and look at it. But it's nothing nothing proprietary. It's not one of the, the big ASICs or something with a bajillion you know pins around it. But I kept it specifically for that reason because I know that that'll, that's the next thing to deal with, you know. Even Neo Geo stuff, that's common for the battery leak on those, and it'll take out a few things. And I'm pretty sure a few things in the in the in the general vicinity of that battery is going to be some surface mount stuff. And the RAM, it's got some through hole and some surface mount RAM on it, on a Neo Geo surface so. mount RAM. Yeah, really. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because the I had one out, and I had to send it off to somebody years ago, and then when I got it back. I was dorking with the power supply and I ended up blowing out another Ram and it was through hole and I was able to scavenge parts off some stuff. I had to fix it. So when you repair a through hole, do you put, and you have to replace the chip, do you put a insert in a socket? A socket? Oh yeah. I always socket them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, and it's, it's cheap, cheap insurance, you okay. know? And honestly, a lot of times if you're, especially if it's an expensive chip, I'll, and, you might not lick it the first time through. You might not get it. So then you you make the decision of, and generally what I do is if, if I've replaced something and that wasn't my problem and I have to keep working back, I'll put all the original stuff back. You know, because generally when I'm replacing something, it's with a new part. So I just put the new part back in my bin. And, you know, if this part's still good, why not just put it back on the board? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, just pop it out of the socket, put the, you know, put the, put the old part back in. Once you've solved the problem and then just go on about your merry way. Hmm. Did you have another, you said you had a couple little games. We'll, you play, have, the, we'll play that one at the end. Okay. <laughs> this one's more of a, yeah, the one at the, we'll save it toward, toward the end. Probably be the last second. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, anyway, so that, that's kind of my updates and just, you know, you get to know Jim a little bit and, uh, and again, you know, uh, Whitney, uh, we'd love to have Whitney here. Might have Jim back now that he's close by. But um, I don't know a third wheel. I th- hey, that's all right. I always said you guys were the Bo and Luke Duke. Of, uh, <laughs> well, would that make so, me that Uncle, make... Uncle Jesse? No, I was thinking, what was really? the two cousins when when John Schneider and Tom Wopat when they when they went against the grain and tried to get a raise? Oh, is it? Are you Coy and you had those that that half season that was co- the cousins? They just you you know that story. I thought they had the didn't they. Try to Coy replace, and Vance. They tried to replace Wopat with them. Is that it? They they replaced both of them. With, it was Vance and Coy. Oh, they replaced both of them. Yeah, 
Uh, if if memory serves, they I only watched like the first two, the first season or oh, okay. first two seasons. I don't even know how many seasons it went. It was like I Dream a Genie when they traded out um, uh, Dick Sargent for Dick. Uh, was it I Dream a Genie? They did that. They were, I'm pretty sure it was I Dream. Oh my gosh! Now I'm going to Google this. <laughs> oh, I Dream a Genie. So let's see, it was Dick Sargent, and there was another. And his his first name was Richard or Dick as well. I thought it was I Dream a Genie, and just they just. Like all of a sudden you came in the next day and they'd redone the credits and it was a completely different character, but it was the same thing with like Bo and Luke Duke. They, if I remember correctly, they were like, Hey, look, we're the show. We're super popular. It was like, you know, we want more money. And it's like, you work, we're Bo and Luke Duke, you know, pay us. And they said, no, you're replaceable. And then they brought in Coy and Vance, their cousins who just happened to look quite a bit like, Bo and Luke, <laughs> and then they sorted it out because I think if memory serves, the, the the ratings tanked. But all right, so how about how about this, Jim? Let's take a little break, and I think you had some kind of techie stuff. I know I I babbled on uh and you know about firepower stuff. Um, I don't have too much techie. I think stuff. you it's got a little techie a... stuff. Okay, and then we've got some news that we wanted to cover. After what you just went through, I think my techie stuff is not going to hang. Oh. That's all right. Hey, look, uh, Jim, I just fake it till I make it, buddy. I, I try to pass on a little knowledge and things I've learned, kind of like you're talking about the, you know, the t- putting the coil in backwards. You know, me, hey, make sure you check your part numbers. We all, there's something here for everybody. <laughs> but let's take a little break and then we'll come back in. And we'll, like I said, you've got a few things that, that you want to talk about. And then I know we've got some, uh, we've got some hot news to discuss, both pinball and video stuff that by the time the show comes out, most people have probably been aware of but we'll, we'll we'll give our take we'll give our spin on it so how's our that sound? spin our spin i yeah. thought this was no spin zone <laughs> yeah no we we kind of tell it like it is at times well, we try to we tell it like it is but we do it softly you know we're not we're not in your face <laughs> we we might make an enemy but you'll like us when but it's we're, over <laughs> we're smiling and saying please yeah <laughs> thank you well you do know jim that you know, now that you're in the South, as long as you start with, well, bless his heart, you can say anything you want about that person. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, f- I actually meant to mention that on the last show, and I was upset with myself that I'd forgotten. Jim came to the revelation, and he tested it, the, that in the South, you know, the story is, as long as you say, bless their heart, you can say anything you want about anybody, and it's Okay. How many people did we ask about that over the weekend? And everybody that was from a southern state was like, "Oh yeah, that's bless their heart." <laughs> I've well, lived I around this world pretty pretty much, but that this is this is pretty new. It is okay. All, All right. right, so let's take a break. Catch you on the flip side later. Let's come back in with the Department of Corrections. How's that sound to you? <laughs> so it was driving me crazy. I said in the last segment, I don't even remember how we got on the topic, but I mentioned that oh, they was had, talking about Bo and Luke Duke. Bo and Luke Duke. And I was talking about how a character, a lead character got switched out. I said it was in I Dream of Genie, but that was Larry Hagman and Dix. They Larry Hagman transitioned out, and I think that went to Dick Sargent. Regardless, what I was really thinking of was Bewitched, because that one transitioned between Dick Sargent and Dick York. 
Too many. And, <laughs> and that's the thing where it was just like one day they just changed it out and, you know, they re-recorded the intro and away you went. And that's kind of like what happened with, now, I don't know what the situation was back in the day with Bewitched, but I, the Bo and Luke Duke thing was definitely a money thing. They just came in and they got a couple guys that looked real similar to Bo, to Tom and, and uh, John. And they said, congratulations, you're now the cousins, Coy and Vance. Here's the car. Cousins. <laughs> Here's the car. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's another thing I got to get used to. Oh, she's a cousin. Oh, they're a cousin. They're a cousin. Oh, every, well, yeah. 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 We, I we, just nod my head yes and smile. We have loose definitions of brothers and sisters. If if you grew up basically together all your life, I mean, well, that's, I thought that was your brother. Oh, he's not my real brother. But you've always called, well, <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you know, you had a correction oh, yeah, too. yeah, I did. Yes. You, uh, you got uh, to correct Whitney. Uh, yeah. Whitney, he'll probably forget me about this, but. The Iron Man, the pen, I don't think exists. If it does, I'd really like to have it. Hello. Someone's here. The ferocious dog is going to get him. That's the show dog, Maxine. She's made appearances on the show before, usually in that manner. In that manner? <laughs> yeah, so we'll just, we'll just go with it. We'll leave it in. But that, yeah, that was the only question I got was I don't, they only made three of them, I believe. Spider-Man, Avengers, and you already mentioned the Spider. one. Spider. Oh, uh, um, Transformers. Transformers. Yep. Didn't they do a Batman? That no. I thought there was. Uh, I I that, thought there was that's, some. That, that's an area of pinball I'm really interested in. Are those basically what they call home pins? Because there's one called. It's the Elton John and the Brown Derby Cowboy or no Derby. <laughs> Derby. <laughs> it's something along those lines. The, but that the, one, they the are dirt not, brown cow brown dirt. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to have to get another. I got to hold on. I got to open another tab. Wait a minute. It's the brown dirt cowboy. Yeah. Elton. Those were all, it was along the same line. I mean, Evil Knievel was a home pin too. And then I think there was a uh, Captain not Fantastic Captain, home Captain, pin. Was there a Captain Fantastic version? I think there was a. Uh, oh, no. I'm thinking Fireball. Fireball. Yeah. Fireball. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Cap, uh, because if I'm going to say this, we're just going to have to get it right. Let's see. See if I can make an error and somebody catch it. Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Brown Dirt Cowboy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a home pin. Fireball was a home. Now, there was a commercial version of Fireball, too, wasn't there? Yes, there was. There's also a commercial version of Fireball 2, which I played, which is. Well, Fire, Actually, there was a commercial version of Fireball as well. <laughs> That's what I should have said. Two, no, there's, there was there a Fireball too. There was a dose. Dose, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go up here to the. I want to go up here, right? No, you just want to go up there. Don't go to the right. No, right isn't correct. <laughs> That's another sudden thing. You run into that yet, Jim? <laughs> No, I've run into that with, you gotta my, make sure right. with the property line. Yes, the property lines are drawn out that way. And I don't under quite understand that because in the west, I guess it's west of the Mississippi, it's done. The property lines are done on a geographic north, south, east, west geographic position. Whereas anywhere east of the Mississippi, it's done pretty much like that, where it's done in a directional from a statute point. I've learned that. Oh, that, that, so which 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 system do you use for that? Oh, you use this system. I got to go download. The, okay, so that's how I got to transform because you can't go to Google Earth and say, okay, I want this geographical point. They, I see. And I you say that the, you go and you put in that same position from that different coordinate system, and you end up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> by Google standards. But I mean, it's just 
<laughs> I haven't run into that because all the property I've bought's been here. So. <laughs> I know. That's just I'm going. Uh, well, welcome to the South, Jim. Yes. You, you love you got to love I'm, it. I'm going to get off that, that soapbox. I thought there was a, and if anybody out there knows, hit us up, Brent at BrokenToken.com or Facebook, or you know, if Jim wants to give out an email address, we'll do that as well. I thought there was a Batman home. You're probably, th- that, but you're probably like thinking wall, about, was, you're thinking about it was like a Costco. Sam- that's Sam's it. That's Club. it. It was so a Sam's Clubs did, or Costco. Yes. Okay. But that was still, they still had a standard coin door on that one. Is way I, if I understand that correctly. And it was the Batman Returns? Uh, Batman Pinball. Was it Sam's Club or Costco? I think it was Sam's Club. All right. So let's see what we get. Batman Pinball, Sam's Club. Batman Dark Knight. 2004 Batman Begins. Batman Begins. That's it. Electricity. Is this a that's eBay before? Oh no, here it is. It's a Sam's Club. It's it looks like it's still on their site, and it's made by Stern. It's still on their site. Is this still? Oh no, no, it's, it's, it's out, out of stock. Out of stock. This is okay. out of stock. That's what. Forty four, forty seven. So it was forty five hundred dollars. Perfect edition. Any fans? DC comic. Da, 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 da. But does it have a coin door? There's one picture of it. Because um, it should have a coin door. It does. Yeah. It does have a coin door. And there, actually, there's two. There's a picture of the play field. And that's where 66 gets its oh, half a layout from. I've played this game. This was a fun game. Well, you can see the similarities between 66 and that yep. one, right? We played this game. Music City Pinball bought one of these two, which actually, in, in your in your language, it would have been brought. <laughs> Music City Pinball brought. As brought as in bring it here or yes not bought because i said music city pinball bought one of these games too you know bought generally meaning like an exchange of currency or something to take possession of yes but here we say (laughs) music city pinball bought one of these (laughs) to the uh, grand old game room expo i think it was last year because i played this with Whitney and uh, Daniel Copeland. And I remember Whitney and I, probably, I think Daniel as well, sitting there thinking, man, this was a fun game. And there's a lot of shots. There's a lot of neat things going on. So this, uh, so I wonder if this was only the available. The thing was the Joker reveal and the car, the Hot Wheels car. Yeah. Those the were... turntable with the Joker reveal. Yep. Yep. I wonder, was this a like a also available at, at Sam's Club? Could you buy this from a Stern dealer? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. I've only ever seen the one in person. That was the one Music City. You know, had. you do know that uh, Costco is now carrying those one ups, right? No. Yes. Yeah, we've got a Costco here in Louisville, and I, I was just talking to some friends of mine yesterday about maybe even getting a membership to it. But no, I didn't. I wouldn't. Not to go buy one ups, but I'll wait till they go on sale for forty dollars or fifty dollars. Friend of mine has has pre ordered one of the. Star Wars ones? The Star so Wars, yes. I'm kind of interested to see that. Well, yes. I guess Atari and the guys who make the one-ups are becoming quite embedded with one another. Okay. So they'll be making more of those. You might see some titles that old Atari games you might see, especially the XY games or Star Wars games. Maybe an Empire Strikes Back. My yeah. question is, Is does the yoke on a Star Wars... Is that going to be convertible to the stand-up? So I thought this game... No, the, so the Star Wars game is Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And so it's all oh, three Oh, so of it's them. all three of them now. Yeah. Okay, so basically you're taking two XYs and one raster scan and exactly. putting it into the thing? Okay. So this is what I... I didn't realize this, and this might be the upcharge for the yoke and everything, but with the riser to make it a little taller, they're 500 bucks. 
on walmart.com. That's a sight more than uh, than the other one-ups. The Mortal Kombat 379. Isn't there a Mortal Kombat 2 that they're going to do? Or are they going to do that? Let's see here. Well, the, let's say the Pac-Man 300, Street Fighter 2, 249. What about an ast- the Asteroids one? There was an Asteroids one and a Centipede one, Yeah, see, 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 uh, see the, that says see details in cart for some reason. Oh, that must be the Asteroid one on Walmart.com is one sixty four ninety nine now. So that's probably on the way out. The that's Asteroid, still, still the not asteroid one had Lunar Lander, and I played that at Costco. So I really was too impressed with the... just. I mean, it's, got, it's all button controls, right? I mean, The buttons, I'm not too concerned about the controls itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was concerned about is more the, basically the scan rate or how detailed it got. The point I was trying to make is you're going, you're still going to be blocky. Yeah, yeah, okay. You're still going to be blocky. You, even if it's XY, it's going to be blocky. There, there's, And that's what I'm saying is if you get into the 8K range, you might get to the point where you can't hardly tell the blockiness or the... When, because when you, you can better when you simulate... Draw, when you draw the straight edge of this spaceship in asteroids, mm-hmm. it's going to look like a straight edge on an XY. Yep. Will it look uh, like a straight edge? No, it'll look like a diagonal. Like I want to, I want to see one of these. I, I think they have a little. I, I'm not not a fan. That's, I, that's oh, not, not there. It's not there. It's just cheap. It's just cheap. I'd say wait. Sometime in my lifetime, probably when I'm turning sixty or sixty-six, they'll will have small enough, probably eight K monitors where they can emulate. Well, you won't be able to see that blockiness, and you they'll be able to draw it, and they'll still have the same code and everything for it, and just port it over real easy. That's so, what I'm saying. Is those one ups? They don't have it yet i mean people will be fine well they're built down it's just yeah basically those were those were their focus group are five-year-old 12-year-old kids (laughs) on christmas day getting an arcade game yeah seeing the big kids like us that knew when we were kids okay when i was a kid i looked at that phoenix i said how much is that phoenix oh that's about eighteen hundred dollars as a kid that was a lot of money Oh, it's a lot of money today. Oh, yeah, it is. absolutely. But now, when you when they had the crash and everything, you could go get those for a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or fifty dollars, depending yep. on where you got them. Now these kids see these these big boys like us, and they say, "Oh, we want one of those." So, mom and dad buy them one. Oddly enough, I never thought of it that way because I've had this little nagging question in the back of my head: What's the deal with the pedestal? And that's it. They're going to hit both demographics. They're going to get the the 10 or 12 or 15 year old that has a game given to them because they had a parent that grew up with something like that and or they might be interested in it because they've emulated it on their xbox and it's their height they could also sell it to an adult but they sell them they upsell them with a pedestal to raise it up to our height unless you're me because i'm short i'm right in the middle but what not when you sit down Good point. <laughs> you are all about solutions, Jim, and that is why you're an awesome human being. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. How did we get off on, on this one up? I was more interested in the yoke. Yeah, that's that's what that, I said. I that wanna, is such a unique thing. If they can reproduce that, and we can, the community can crossbreed that over into the stand-ups. I mean, that's an instant replacement part, and that's what I was all about for Medieval Madness. Because a lot of people had issues with the drop bridge on Medieval Madness. On the originals or on the on remakes? The, on the originals, because if the remakes, if you get the remakes, and we have a part. Then all those ones afterwards, we don't have to go to Australia to get the part. Oh, so there's no one stateside that was making the... I don't know if you know your history. Williams was split off when it was sold. There was two people that bought it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, one went the, down the, to Australia. One went to in Illinois. Was it Cunningham? Illinois, Penham, yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, Australia got the medieval madness. 
stuff. Okay, yeah. so I knew Gene Cunningham was involved in it, but I didn't realize the other half of it went to somebody. If I did, that's one of those things that slipped my mind. I didn't realize that half of it went to somebody yeah. in so Australia. That, Who was it? Do you remember the name? This is ringing more Australia. Yeah. Seems like this is something I remember way back. I need to, we talked about this recently as well, going back and listening to the top cast shows again. Yes. Started those and then I kind of like other podcasts came along. That's still a good resource. If we would interview someone in the community, in the pinball community, it was always nice to go back and check out the top cast interview to get a little background and then also find what ground's already been covered. And there's one thing we, we don't like doing is to go in and, so what did you do in pinball? And just sit there. You know, it's, so what did you think about pinball? You know, just those generic or those same questions over and over again. How'd you so, get into pinball? Yeah, exactly. I don't mind touching on that stuff and kind of a quick reintroduction, but there's the top cast episodes were invaluable when we got to talk or when we get to talk to people that had been on that show that's been socialized around quite a bit. It's been out there. It's a known thing. And a lot of the stories that I hear over and over again to this day, I heard first on the Topcast show. So that's a good place to go to know your, what to cover and what not to cover. But anyway, all right. So you, what did you have for me? You had some. I thought we were going to talk a little Jurassic Park. Oh, well, I thought you had maybe a couple things to talk about and some other game to. Uh, oh, we'll do the game at the oh, end. Oh, okay. All right. You've. You've already told me that. That's true. Stern had a big month since our last show. First of all, Ghostbusters Code. Did you watch any of the stream? All I know is everybody's happy now, I guess. They <laughs> got... There is no way everybody's happy. I don't. Well, that's true. That's true. But I mean, some of the modes are completed now. So people... I hope all the modes are completed. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the stream. I was, I was tied up that night. Whitney watched some of it. He and I chatted just a little bit in, in text. So I didn't get a lot of the detail. Are I, you a god is finally completed? Is that? I, I don't know. He, he was just talking about bouncing out some of the scoring and at more call outs and honestly stuff that I kind of expected. We didn't we didn't get to get into a deep conversation about it. And I haven't even had the opportunity to go download it. Whitney did mention that either it was brought up in the stream or he saw that the uh, the change log was like pages and pages which is good really yeah I, I need to go out and at least take a take a peek at that here's a question is it the same person that does the original code do they do the updates also or is that passed off to somebody else do you think my impression is like dwight sullivan that did the code for the game where he was the lead program he was the lead program there was other folks involved but i mean he obviously moves on to other projects does he once he gets the project rolls out the door do they hand it off to my cleanup crew my impression is is that if you're the lead, you still have the say. Now, I don't know if that means you're you're the one punching the, the keys on the keyboard and hitting enter after it ships or after a certain point, but it's still up to the lead programmer to guide that as a project. That's my impression okay. as to how Stern does it. Honestly, that would make sense. I mean, just from a business perspective, knowing like how my job works, that level of involvement would be necessary to kind of keep it sort of cohesive. The next person doesn't get it and all of a sudden it just runs off into this other into this other rabbit hole. Do you know what those are? ACDC? Rabbit holes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Oh, no. Did something like that happen with ACDC? I think there was. I think there is, something was completely changed on one from around. Some of the code has on, I don't know which one. Oh, on. there was something. It, I've got, now that you say that, it seemed like there was, let's just be honest, Jim. There's, there's so many games they've got out now. And then you go through these spurts where you'll have code updates for two and three games 
and then a week later a game and then another two weeks later two three more it, it's just i can't keep up but it does seem like there was a game or two maybe it was metallica i was when i first where it just heard was that like I, on its ear in terms of how the scoring went i'm just surprised why when i first heard about oh these games are not complete when they roll out i'm going okay i can see that but why why don't they clean them up a little bit i mean Jurassic Park, I have to say, has some pretty nice code coming out of the the factory for it. Now, I've played, I probably played half a dozen games on it, but not enough to to really know. I'm just following the lights at this point. You know, honestly, I'm just following the lights. I haven't had an opportunity where I can really hear it. So, I mean, it sounds like you've played it quite a bit, and you're a much more astute player than I am. Well, I, I've only played today. That's it. Okay. I played it before I came over because I knew we were going to talk about it. So I had to have something to talk about. Some of the modes I understood. I mean, I played about six games on it. The modes, and I can't remember any of the names, but yeah, I'm with you. I understood it. From- it's multi-balls, basically, is all I look at. If you can get it into a multi-ball, then that's, there's other modes to it. I, the I mean, multi-balls that I started, I fell into. No, one which, of the, which ones were those? I don't know. Because I did, I, I figured out Velociraptor, I guess that's one of the multi-ball ones. Yeah, I... That's I, that trap over to the left the, yeah see the only time i knew i was getting ready to maybe start one and there was a t-rex mode i think that was like a that sounds three. familiar there's a t-rex multi-ball and i knew i was my favorite to... my favorite was the chaos which is oh i didn't even get what is that okay so on the play field there's certain letters for sh- certain shots that spell out chaos and you work your way from the left so you start out left side right as you exit the velociraptor Pit, you, mm. you go into the, the little cage, paddock the little thing cage, little cage the there on yep. the left. So you get the ball up and, or you go off to the left up to that, hit it, hit that target. Then you go up the T-Rex ramp. That's H. And then. So you have to spell it in order. A is the right ramp, the, the circular ramp that comes back to the upper flipper. Mm-hmm. And then the outer loop one, that's the O. And then the S is the return, that far right return, quick return ramp. Yeah, you've got it deeper. So you get I into didn't. that, and then you start it, and then you get like five. It's a five ball mold. Oh wow, that's the best one. You know that the little uh, the little cage on the left, the Velociraptor. You know, there's actually three targets in that. I did. Yeah, know there's that. two on the left, and then there's it goes right through to. I the thought there right. was one on the left, one on the right, like facing each other, that you could just graze, and then there was one in the back. Yes. Okay, and so then it's got a little right quicker. before that. I guess it's a spring. Uh, I have to look and see what they're calling it, but that little non-returns guard. Tell me about on the left. We're yeah. on the left flipper return lane. Oh, no, that's the... It's got an up post. Up post, yes. So that's the only way I knew that I was potentially able to start a multi-ball because you'll come down that left lane that returns to the left flipper and the up post will go up and it'll trap the ball and it'll give you the, you know, the animation. It'll give you the animation so you can look at it. The problem is, and I'm always afraid when I was playing, is that... I'll be looking at the thing and it'll and then go the ahead post, and release and yeah. it'll go, it'll drain out. I'm going, did you, did you try a double flip on it? Cause a lot of the sterns, if it gets in a position where you're, if they code it, if it's holding the balls, trying to do something, oh, you on can this, skip that by double flipping. You can double flip. I did not know and that. A lot of them, they got to put knew, it in the code. I, I knew the left, uh, the old hold the left flipper trick, the old hold the fl- left flipper yeah. trick. So you know that on attack from Mars and medieval madness. Mm-mm. The super skill shots. Oh, oh yeah, to turn to innate. So yeah, that's so a lot you of hold that and yeah. it goes all the way around, and you just yeah. Those Stern has implemented in some, in some of their games yeah. also too. 
Yeah, you can do that in Monsters and uh, um, Deadpool. I know for I know Deadpool does it too. You hold it, it activates it, then you've got to make the shot, yep. and then that's the super skill shot. Tron has it. Oh no, I didn't know that. Tron I haven't has to play Tron in a while. Yeah. But Jurassic Park is a. I hate to say that's a very good game. It's one of the better ones. I think uh, whoever hired Elwin, probably Gomez, made a very wise choice. It's got a lot of. Uh, uh, granted i mean i'm literally just following the lights it seems like it's rather open in the lower two-thirds of the play field but you've got a lot of neat shots that you can make there's stuff close up there's stuff far away and you can play the game as a novice and still have fun but if you try to really focus on it the shots to be successful you're not shooting like down huge wide alleys and big shots. There's a little, little something in there for everybody is what I'm trying to say. You know, there's there's several shots in the game that, that are that are pretty narrow and on, and on point. What do you think about the kinetic ball? I haven't figured out the use of that yet. Did you see the two arrow inserts? They're on either side of it. Yep. It doesn't advance or something, doesn't it? No, it allows you to select which path you take for advancing through the game. Oh, because you've got the inserts that are on the island that on, are down. Oh, yep. Yeah. Like I said, man, at this point, I'm just randomly flipping and following lights until I trip into something. But the whole concept of that whole kinetic ball is new. That is basically, I would say, if I had to take a guess, I'd say that's Elwin's first patent. So for people that haven't seen the game, in kind of the upper right portion of the play field, about two-thirds of the way center, up. Top center, I'd say. It's a, top center right. Top center right. Slightly right. There's a... A post, not like a standard pinball post, but it's kind of like a pin that comes up several inches off the play field and it's got like a Jeep on it, like the Jurassic Park Jeep. And then right at the very base of it, there's a ball. And it's kind of like the Newton ball that you see in a lot of the games. Like there's one in Ghostbusters where the, on the book stacking target, there's uh, one in Iron Maiden. The, is that or not the orb shot? The there's one in Iron Maiden right straight up the middle. The orb shot. Well, you're talking about left. captive kinetic. That's were, a, right. That's, that's a, like a Newton ball where it's yeah, where it's, it's a, fixed that's to the a play captive field. kinetic. Right. Yes. It's a. Uh, so you hit. X Men has one. X Men has one. Yeah. So that that's, that's what that, uh, Wolverine is. That's a fixed ball that sits there. Or no, I'm and sorry. Then, take that back. Because, I haven't played X-Men No, in so what long. happened is so uh, hobbyists have taken out the Wolverine uh-huh. because he's so freaking big mm-hmm. and put in a captive ball right there. Oh, so that it opens the play field up a little bit? It, okay. it, it makes it so much better. So on Jurassic Park, that so that's the concept of it, where you've got that ball. It, it's a pinball, and it's fixed to the play field at the base of this pole, that this metal pole that the Jeep is on, and the Jeep's just a little toy to give you give you a little action. At the bottom of that pole will rotate, not full 360 because the ball that's fixed the play field's in the way. And at the base of the pole, I guess there's a little leg or something off of it that's got another ball on it that rests against the ball that's locked to the play field. So when you hit that as a target, like a Newton ball, you could either uh, the energy the ba- passes. You could either hit the ball itself or you could hit the kinetic ball. And it spins, the, it spins, it, it around. It spins it around. So when it spins it, that's when it advances or changes your path on the inserts at the bottom. Okay, I didn't know that. That's pretty tricky. I've not seen. No, I've probably a new innovation within pinball. Yeah, I've not seen anything like that before. The closest thing I've seen to it has been the the captive ball deal. The captive ball. Yeah. With the ball behind it that goes basically like Ghostbusters, isn't it? Ghostbusters do do that on the top left. Uh, the now left I got to look the, because like the one in Iron Maiden doesn't actually hit another ball. It's got a switch assembly below it, likes on a pop bumper. 
you know, when the ball's been hit, it moves just enough and it, it triggers the little cup and like a pop bumper. If you ever had one of those apart. No, Iron Maiden is a captive ball. Yeah, it's a cap. There's, so there's a ball that's behind that one. it. It's the one that's right. No, no, not Iron Maiden. I'm sorry. Ghostbusters is a captive ball. We just look at it. It's right there. And then when you hit it, it actually transfers the energy into a free ball behind it that then has to go up and hit a target. The book stacking target, upper right. Uh-oh, he's got to come around the table. Yeah, the book yeah. stacking target. Yeah. This is different in that it's not like in a channel. When, when you hit that target ball, then it transfers the energy to the ball that's on the assembly and spins it around. And it's it's yep. kind of neat. I wanted to take it apart and take a look and see what the assembly looks like. Well, it's probably it's probably like the Bally or the the old Williams or the what is the one on Tales Which, of the Arabian Nights? I haven't played the that spinner. game forever. But it's probably about? got a spinner on the bottom. So when you hit the spinner mm-hmm. on Tales of the Arabian Nights, it spins around in one direction. So it reads that. So I need I need to pay more attention to that in the game next time I play it. Uh, or it could have switches at the other end. So when you actually hit it to the other side, it, it just it, closes, it, it a closes switch. a switch on yeah, the other side. It, it, it's probably pretty simple mechanically, but you're right. Pinball wise, it's I've not seen that in any. That's other why game. I said I think that's probably. El- Do you think any other? I mean, Iron Maiden has any new innovations that would require a patent? I think that's patented. I, yeah, I would have to say that is because that's that assembly's not anything else. And then from a target perspective, I mean, Maiden. I mean, it's it's got its it's got its layout, which is into itself unique and interesting. But from a mechanical perspective, in the premium and the LE, that you know, you've got the ramp on the left that can raise, but that's probably a, a standardized mech that they use. My bet would be in Iron Maiden, no. Okay. But that assembly that now it makes me want to download the manual and see if there's a name for that. The Elwin. The, <laughs> the Elwin. Elwin. That's what I'd call it. It's well, got to no. be a cooler name. No, I'd call it the Griffith. Everybody I wouldn't call the, it the Elwin because that, that wouldn't make any Griff. sense. <laughs> Brent, why you designed that? Why'd you call it the Elwin? Well, why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Jurassic Park is a very good game. I like to see a premium, see what it plays like, especially, I guess, the T-Rex comes down and gobbles up the ball. The couple of games that I played, I kept an eye on that, and, and I should have just opened the game up. I had the ability it to do, do it. Do it, do it, do it, it do doesn't do anything on a pro. It doesn't do anything on a pro. It's just a hit. Yeah. yeah. It's just a hit. But that's why I'm trying to, I have to play a premium. There are some issues that I kind of like to, I don't know if maybe it's just me or not, but <laughs> probably is. You talking about with Jurassic Park? Yeah, with Jurassic Park is that far right one. You got to let the ball roll basically off the tip of your left flipper to get it to go through that ramp and up through the, the return and back to the right flipper. You're talking about to get up the far right ramp that does this, it does like the whirlpool spin? No, outside of the, uh, door or the right orbit. I'm going to have to pay more one. attention. So you, it's right behind, is the, it, it's right behind the right flipper. The upper right flipper, that one, I forget huh. what they call it. But the problem so, is, is that when a game starts getting old and it's on location for a long time and the, the coil starts to get weak, you won't be able to make that shot. I'm going to have to pay more attention to it. If you it. can't make the shot, then you can't advance the game. Why design it like that? I mean, it, it's good if it's brand new. So what's the shot do? It just returns the ball back to the right flipper. I mean, but do you need that to qualify something? or You need it mode? to complete S. For chaos. Oh, so it's kind of key in that in that <laughs> yes, aspect of the game. If you want to do chaos, or that, that's kind of on Star Trek. The I mean, uh, it, 
You're what? saying follow the lights. What if there's a big red, white, and blue blinking <laughs> that I can't get to. target that you got to hit, but you can't hit it do because you, the, the flipper's weak? Do you know what a, the away mission shot is on Star Trek? Is that the one right up the middle? No, there's a... So you, Are you we talking a, Gen Next Generation or Star Trek Stern? Star Trek Stern. You light away mission and it... Yeah, That's the, the left one or is that the one right behind the right flipper? It's the one... But you have to shoot it behind the open right upper flipper. So you hold up the right flipper and put it... Yeah, I don't yep. try that one. I go for the left yeah. side. Well, and depending on your geometry you should be able to make it but it's awful close you know it's better if you can shoot with the flipper down the the right flipper could could get in the way the tip of the right flipper lower right flipper could get in the way you can make it with the lower right flipper up so you got the right flippers up and that gives you that open shot behind the upper right flipper correct but you run a depending on how good you are you run a risk of just nicking the the tip of the lower right flipper and fouling your shot so then you get into the game of it's got to get to the very end like you're talking about i don't think you can hit it there you can get the very end of the left flipper Lower left flipper and flip it, and when it passes the right, the right flipper, then, then you the, open the right flipper. You can do it, and then I don't know. It's, so that's kind of what it reminded me of when you were talking about. You've got to be right off that flipper, and it's got to be a flipper in really good mechanical shape to make that shot. Well, I've run into this issue most recently with a Black Knight Premium LE. You played one of those. I have played the premium. So which okay. shot is this? What are the two ways to get to the upper play field? There's something in the upper left. I, I didn't warm up to the game, so I haven't played it a lot. Can't you get there some way in the upper left? There's the kick up, the kicker. Okay, in the upper left. That's okay. the left far left lane. And okay. then there's that in lane, the right to the, just to the right of that, that you hit and it goes back behind the play field and up to the top and back onto the Okay, upper I wasn't field. aware of that one. That's the shot that's difficult because when I was playing, when I was in Calgary, mm-hmm. I played the premium LE and I've tried to make that shot. And if you hit, I hit it, I hit it pretty sweet right down the middle, but the flipper was just so weak that it couldn't get it all the way back up to the top. So the only way I could get it is by plunging or by that left upper kicker, left up kicker. So See, that's that, what I'm saying is it's a design that they're not planning ahead in the future for the game. To have and a little wear. To have, have a little, little slop in yes. it. Yes. What ends up there is that it makes it a bad experience for somebody unless you're tip-top on your games. That's the thing. You I know? mean, sometimes when you play, you flip a game so much, you lose power oh, and recoils, yeah. right? So... Well, just everything I, breaks, I mean, starts I, to break down. I start to... When I when I play a game that's like that, I try and lay off the flippers, but I've got skills I want to try and drop catch. To me, I'm with you. I'm, I'm banging the flippers like mad. I'm bad about... Like if, if I've got a ball, I say I've got the left flipper up and I've got a ball rolling up the left flipper and I want to cradle it, I'll vibrate it back by gunning the right flipper. Oh, okay. That's yeah. one technique. I know what you're talking just about. Just stuff yes. like that. You know, That's just to get it back, I'm, to settle back down. Yeah, to yeah. settle it back down. So, yeah, I'm, I understand that once you start getting the coils nice and warm and people talk about, you know, they start to lose some efficiency. And well, then just on top of that, when stuff starts to wear, if you've got that game designed where you've got some key shots that are dependent upon everything being 100 percent. That's one of the things that Iron Maiden, from a mechanical perspective, I didn't like and which of the games do this. Uh, the I know the pro does it when it starts to get you ready for like trooper multiball. It'll drop balls in the shooter lane and it fires them. The ex- expectation is it'll come out of the shooter lane, it'll cross the play field, and it'll catch a path kind of mid left, scoop its way around, and then there's an up post that stops it and drops it to line all of them yep. up. Is it up. Be- behind the spinner? 
thought that was 66. Does Batman do that too? Yeah, they do that for the lock on the... the I haven't played enough Batman. The, the three Jokers. So what happens is, is that you can plunge it and it'll automatically plunge and lock off the three locks that are on the spinning table. Okay, and, I haven't... And so I've when you light some, it, you just got... basically go all the way around the right orbit from the right side and it'll load them in that way. I've not gotten Batman to that point. I've played some Batman, but I've not seen it do that. So obviously I've not played it. I've seen like the Iron Maidens, you know, once they start getting some time on the floor, once they're not perfect... Then that's just, I mean, there's, well, that, that, first, that goes away. You just got loose ball. I mean, you can recover. I mean, it just fires them into the play field and away you go. But that was designed into the game, and it doesn't take much for that just to be, to go totally askew. Yeah. I first witnessed that on games when I went to a place up north in Fort Collins, Colorado, and they had a taxi. You played taxi, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's the objective in taxi? You have to pick up your riders. So what are all the riders? You got you've got um, Pinbot, you've got Dracula, you've got air quotes Marilyn, Santa Claus, Gorbachev, Weird Al Yankovic. So oh, no. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Whitney but, Roberts. Uh, <laughs> but in order to pick them up, you got to go up the ramps, right? It's been a while since I, I think the game, left ramp is. You qualify them by, by hitting all their targets, and then do you have to hit the ramp to actually pick them up? I can't remember. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? Something like that. Yeah. It's the same thing with diner and doing your orders and stuff. If you can't make it up the ramp, then the game is... Taxi, it, it seems like taxi is... Um, isn't there like a, a common trade-out of the coils in taxi because just right out of the box, even if they're fresh, the, the factory coil in taxi just is not good for making the ramps unless you're dead on. One of the guys here in town... He was like, oh, no, you always go this coil, that coil, because that same thing, it always feels underpowered. All the taxis I've played, those ramp shots, it just was like, eh, come on, you know, it just barely wants to make it. And if you got a good game, it's perfectly tuned, everything's in shape, you're, not, you're okay. You start getting some dirt on there, you start getting a little flipper wear, and then it's just, what's the experience like? It's like, eh. The Iron Maiden thing, that was one of the things I noticed. Because I remember reading something on Pinside where there's an adjustment like somehow that you can access in the right side slingshot, something or other, that tunes the action of the auto plunger or changes it so that you can line it up better or maybe there oh 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 maybe there's a there's a screw that's on some of the metal work where the ball comes out of what are you where are you going on iron maiden where the ball comes out of the shooter lane so you can basically aim it so that it will make that it'll traverse the play field you know, you know, on oh, Iron Man, you got so that. So it goes up the the, inner, the, the mini inner, inner loop. Well, they call it the horseshoe. Yeah, the horseshoe, so that you can get around, like when it for either your plunge or for your loads when it's going to do like a trooper multi ball or something. Right. You can adjust that. You know what they did with thing like thing flips on Adam's family. Right. That's basically all in software. If it makes the I shot, think it's software and timing, isn't it? Well, yeah. It may, if it, it it figures out. If, if it misses the shot... If it, the switch is thrown, then it knows it's going... It, it stops the momentum, then it runs over the switch, and then it has a certain amount of time that they... So it fires, Basically right. average to fire the coil. Yeah, you, you've got an opto right before the ball rolls off to that little mini flipper, 
And then if it misses the shot trying to shoot across the play field into the swamp, it can tell how it missed it because you've got all those targets that are above and below. Oh, so it auto- it okay. knows if it, it shot early or late. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's so it, it fixes it in software is what it does. But in you know, on Iron Man, you don't have that. You don't have those those other points of interest, if you will, around that the horseshoe to know I was early or late. So you've got to tune it by hand. And if the game changes, if it's in software, it'll figure it out. If the game changes physically and you've got to tune it, fi- I don't, yeah, just, I see where you're going. And that if you, if you've got these shots that are dependent on things being just perfect, you're not always going to be just perfect because every time you play that game, things change. Right. It'll change with temperature. I mean, Yes. A couple of things I noticed on the Jurassic Park outside of the play. I noticed that the play field, the artwork looks different. What was the game before that? The Black Knight? Yep. So if you look at a Black Knight, it looks like a classic like screen printed play field. And if memory serves, didn't Stern here recently post a picture of a bunch of the Jurassic Park play fields being air quotes. I'm doing a lot of air quotes here printed like laser printer printed not like screen printed so if you look at it and if you kind of get down at an angle and you get a good reflection not not that this is a bad thing they're just changing their process you can see kind of almost like scan lines where you can tell it was printed in strips as it went through whatever whatever process they're doing does it still look like it's got clear coat on it yeah it still looks like it has clear coat on it you remember back in the day look look at well i'm just wondering if that takes away the all the little buckling that people get from over tightening oh that that, i mean that's the clear coat process you're talking about like the the ripples and the waves and all that especially at the post yes I didn't notice that on the direct bar has a Jurassic Park. It's where you've played it. I've seen it. Honestly, I didn't notice it, but I didn't look real hard. I've heard of the Jurassic Parks having that problem, though. You have? Yeah. Yep. Wow. I knew that some of them. I mean, I saw Beatles had one. Oh, my gosh. I'd be upset if I had a Beatles that had that because those games are, what, $42 billion? (laughs) Too much. Too much. But, like, and there's nothing wrong with what I'm saying about the artwork. They're, They're changing their process, and it happens... Like, look at CSI. CSI is one of those games that was kind of in that, people called it like that Photoshop era, where it kind of looks, it, really what it's related to is it kind of has got this sort of weirdy pixelation kind of look, and it relates to how they changed their print process to deal with more colors. And they were just, it was something new. It was a new technique. And that's what's going on here. You know, Stern's innovating, Growing I guess pains. you could say. You Growing pains. Growing pains. It, and it's, it's not like you walk up to it and you're like, ugh. The only reason I noticed it is because I was off angle and I happened to catch a reflection. It's like, oh, they're doing something different. Nothing wrong with it. As long as the clear coat stays on it, you know. As long as you have enough ink on your pass. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, and it's if, when, the, you know, dot matrix printers, when they started, the yep, color yep. started to get low. <laughs> this looks a make. little magenta, like, <laughs> a little heavy magenta. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if it's as good or hopefully better than the prior process and they can do it a little cheaper, more power to them because then that money can go elsewhere in the game. Hopefully. I, I'm not complaining about it. It's just, like I said, they're doing something different. They're innovating. They're innovating. Innovating. They're innovating somewhere. <laughs> that's, an- and, that's another one. That yeah, I- that's another word. And, and I did notice for the super pin geeks, I did open and get to see inside that pro. And I, I didn't, I, I, I've seen inside a, no, I haven't. I haven't opened up a Black Knight Pro. So I don't know if this just started 
or what, but they've got full service rails on the pro version of Jurassic Park. They don't have the little silly pins that they used to put on them. I know a lot of people, that was a big complaint. And a lot of folks that, that like to mod and, and tinker with their pins, if they had a pro, one of the first things they would do would go get service rails and put service rails on them. Another thing I noticed, and I, I'd have to look in some of the other newer games, I, I've had Deadpools open, and I've had Monsters open, and I've looked in them, but I hadn't paid attention. I noticed, too, I don't know if this was a problem, but the PAL nut that captures the flipper button, they ran a wood screw with a washer on it to lock up against that PAL nut to lock it in. It's almost like they'd had problems somewhere with the nuts backing off and the flipper buttons getting loose. Where so, is so, like, inside the cabinet... All right. The flipper button goes through, and there's that that okay. real coarse thread. It's called a pal nut that screws onto the back of the flipper button that holds it in the cabinet. You open up any of these games, and there's just a nut in there. Or it's the same thing that's on all the buttons on all the uh, video games. Oh, the that, oh, I that see nut. You're, oh, you're talking about the flipper button itself. I'm thinking. Yeah, the mind. flipper button I itself. Ta- I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. So that they actually yes. put a okay. screw in there with a washer on it screwed in up against one of the flats of the nut. You have like a special tool that used to... That you can put those pal nuts on with? Yeah. 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 And they they make a deep version of it because they've got the the same type of nut just with a bigger hole is on like a micro switch button where the barrel is bigger. They had an issue somewhere apparently and that they addressed it. And it's like, okay, cool. That makes sense. I understand that. So just a few things. Like I said, I've seen it and the the service rails was a big standout to me because I I, I popped the play field up and I was like, oh, because I was looking to balance it on the little pins. I was like, oh, there's a full set of service rails on this thing. That's cool. Well, that should make a lot of people happy. Should make like like with the Ghostbusters code, Jim. It makes everybody happy. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it makes everybody happy. What about Elvira? I don't know too much about it. <laughs> I tell you that right now. I'm, I just know that there's a third game. There's a third game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all I know. Yes. Well, well it just says uh, says it says that Stern's obviously doing something right when they can release as many games as they have in the, a year. I mentioned to you before we recorded, we were talking about it. You weren't aware of the lineup. They're not doing a pro. They're doing a premium, an LE, and a signature. A premium, an LE. And a signature edition. Signature edition. So, you know, you had the super LE back in the Batman 66 days, way back when. So you didn't way have, back yonder. Yeah, you didn't have a... <laughs> yonder. <laughs> way back yonder. I thought yonder. you'd like that. Goodness gracious. <laughs> what? The pro... They don't. They skip a pro. So is this going to be my question to you? Is is this a quote unquote air fingers cornerstone game? What is that supposed to mean? You mean like Batman that's what 66? I'm asking? What does it mean? <laughs> Nobody you knows. Know, Everybody says, well, it's a cornerstone game. Like, I don't know. What's I a can cornerstone see Batman, game? I can see Batman sixty six being a cornerstone game because they released it on their what fortieth, fiftieth. Oh, a, a cornerstone in that it's tied to something and has a double special meaning. Yes. Kind of three's a charm. I don't know. <laughs> Three's company? <laughs> I don't know. And that brings up the question of, okay, pro, premium, and LEs, or just those whole the whole marketing scheme. I mean, I've never bought into it. I played a game because I like the game. Many people will say, well, the pro is better than the premium in this game, or the pro is better, or the premium is better in this game than it is that game. And in I some mean, games, it's like they're both good. Like Black Knight, is it really considered an homage to Black Knight no. if it doesn't have an upper play field? Yeah, I, when I walked up to the Black Knight Pro that I, first I saw, and I was like, no, I'm not even going to play it. Because to me, the thing that makes Black Knight Black Knight is it's an upper playfield game. You know, if it, it, you might as well have called that 
purple fish. I mean, I mean, what difference does it make? If you're going to call it Black Knight, it needs to have some reference to Black Knight. Even the new Jurassic Park, where they've got that in the pro, where they've got the faux dinosaur head that does nothing, it's in the same position as the T-Rex head on the day to East Jurassic Park. There's that throwback there. I'm a, I'm a comic book collector, and that I've already been through that a long, 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 long time ago when they started trying to do that with comic books and different covers and collectability and stuff. Oh. And I just go, no. Yeah. <laughs> I used to collect toys, modern and, well, modern for the time in the 90s and vintage. And I gave up on some toy lines because that's it was rinse, wash, and repeat with different card variations that was intentional for collectors. Yeah. I was just like, I'm done. So here, let, let me throw some numbers at you. MSRP on the premium Seventy nine ninety nine. Let me actually. Let's, let's, so, what's the most recent game? Uh, Premium. Yep. Stern. Let me go here. Stern Pinball. Let me get this. Uh, Seventy nine ninety nine. Open another tab. I'm so do games. Oh, <laughs> if you fold down games, all this. Oh. What? Oh my gosh. So you go to Stern Pinball. You click games. Fold down comes down with four four things. First, all games. Second, affordable home games. So right there, that tells me that something that they offer is not affordable. Oh. That seems to me that I would cut my market out for somebody that might want to air quote, air quotes again. That's the thing. That might be a show title. I've got two thus far. I'll, I'll present air quotes to Whitney as a suggested air quotes. third. <laughs> air, air quotes. quotes. Used in more ways than one. So does that tell me that you've got some unaffordable games? I might have some scratch, and I might be able to pick up an air, an air quote. There it is. Commercial game. I don't uh, – it, it seems like a poor choice of words, but okay, whatever. All games. So let's look at – So let's equate this to buying a car, Brent. Oh, I was going to look for – I was going to compare it to like a Jurassic Park, but okay. I was yeah, going to say – A car. Okay, we're talking MSRP now. Yeah, eight grand. Do you pay MSRP when you buy a brand new car? I don't buy new cars. <laughs> I bought one new car, and after that, I was like, no, I ain't doing this. See, well, there's, there's yeah. a good point, though. No, I'm You're, not doing this. A new car, but you should never, ever pay but still, that, pay sticker. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. You can get these games cheaper. I think if you wait long enough, you might get lucky and get a little, pretty good discount. So let's do let's do a premium for Jurassic Park, $75.99. Jurassic Park? Yeah. So that's the current game. That's a premium? That's a premium. Seventy nine ninety nine a premium for the Elvira, seventy five ninety nine a premium on the on the JP. The Pro is six grand. The Pro Jurassic Park is fifty nine ninety nine six grand, which is pretty standard. I think that's I think that's high. That's pretty common. What's the street price on a Pro? Fifty three, fifty two. It depends. I mean, if you get one of the really good ones, if you get a show special, that, oh, yeah, that yeah. they're starting to do, I'm talking which if you is just probably what dealer. I would do. I, yeah. I, I'd probably get a show special if I get anything. All right. So let's bump up here to the limited the limited edition Elvira House of Horrors. I'm gonna, let me guess. Let me, let me, Go ahead. Let you me guess. Play, uh, what's, what was Johnny Carson's thing? The great... So, the, Karnak? Is it Karnak? I was thinking we we're going Price is Right and we we're on the Showcase Showdown, but no, no it was many people Kar- don't, probably don't even know who well, Johnny Car- Carson is. <laughs> well, he also did Karnak. He would put, put the, the car, envelope to his head. Yep. And, and he then would, he would say the answer and then he would read the, read the question. Read the question. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. All right. So what, all right, Karnak, what's the Elvira Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> it's House of Horrors. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> 
limited edition. Easy, Seymour. Uh, I'm going to go 10, 10K even. It is $95.99. So close. You were $400 off. $9,600. Now, let's see what the JP is here. The LEs? Yeah, the LE. The LE for Jurassic Park is $89.99. These are all MSRP MSRP prices. Now, Karnak, get get your card out and hold it to your forehead. What do you think the signature edition is? Twelve five. Have no idea because they're so proud of it. You have to call and talk to them. <laughs> it says call for price. Fifty units. They're now, making fifty units. Given the Beatles, the way that Beatles was given to distributors, I wonder if they're doing the same thing for Elvira, where they basically buy, say, hey, come and buy. Uh, we'll say you buy seven. You buy seven premiums, two LEs, and we'll give you one signature and a ten game package. All wrapped up. Oh, I have no idea. I wonder if they'll do. They're doing that because they. they well, they, you remember what they did for the super, super duper LEs for Batman, right? You had to fill out a form and send them a video and a blood sample and your hat size and <laughs> yes, you know all that I, stuff. I thought that was like a little over the top. What? Yeah, they. I don't know. They. Made, I think that was. I think they used that as a feedback marketing tool. They wanted some kind of feedback on who and what they would go through to get a. <laughs> Get a. I'm sorry. I'm not paying. a Ford GT pinball machine yeah. is basically what I would have called. I called. I'm not paying up <laughs> to to be a marketing tool. It says 50 games. They're not even doing 50 cycle ones. So games will not operate on countries with 50 cycle electricity. Europe, including the UK, because they're just doing so few of them. I mean, I don't know what's different. I don't know why that wouldn't be the same underpinnings. I haven't looked at the matrix, but I would assume that if you could get the premium or the the LE or all actually all of them, because I'm assuming my guess is without looking at the the matrix, the playfield layout is probably the same toys and everything. And it's I mean, yeah, just even look at the art blades between the signature and the limited it's the same art blades it's the same cabinet art the translight is the same in all three of them actually the art on the side of the head do they have lollipop rails on the limited and signature yes not on the premium not on the premium yeah wow the the premium has premium doesn't you don't even get lollipop rails on the premium the signature the the limited and the signature has red lollipops, red lockdown, red legs, same cab art, all like a, uh, same speakers, same speaker grills. I don't know what the difference is without looking at the matrix. Where's the matrix on this sucker? Now I'm intrigued. We've gone this far in, Jim. We're gonna go all the way underwater. You take the red pill. Yes. You take the blue pill. Choose an edition. Did you know they're doing a remake of Matrix? Why would you do that? They're not doing a remake, but they're doing another one. No, is it supposed to be like a continuation of the story? Yes, sir. I could see that. I can't see rebooting it. But if they're going to continue the story, are they going to do Keanu again? Yep. Keanu's hot again. Of course he is. It's like people can't get enough of him. I'm going. Have you seen the, uh, um, what's his what's his action movies? They just did the John Wick. Yeah, have you seen the John Wick? I have not seen one John Wick. I bought a two-movie uh, pack of the first two because I've seen some YouTube clips and I'm intrigued. I want to see it. I just haven't made time. The way you said that, you seem like you had an avert. Like, I will not see. <laughs> I've been trying to see them, but I can't find any place that will offer them for free without me having to pay for them. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I bought them. They were in a two-pack at like, Walmart for whatever. It wasn't super expensive. I didn't go far out of my way, Jim. Let's just put it that way. Where in the world is the feature? Ma- okay, mm-hmm. I see. 
Feature Matrix. Here it is. There you go. I had to scroll past them trying to sell me a hat. Hold on. Did you join the Stern Army? I failed out of boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Exclusive Game Feature Signature Edition. Signature Edition Limited to 50. Uh, signature Edition Serialized Plate. Signature Did Edition. Did you just say 50? 50, yeah. 50, five zero. Five zero. Wow, that's a very low number. Signature edition themed cabinet art featuring hyperchromed in hyperchrome embossed surfaces. I don't understand that. Hand drawn art by Greg Ferris. Hand drawn. Well, the picture, the art looked the same. Elvira collectible trading card with cover and mounting. Okay, just like that's 66. on the apron. That's on apron, 66. Like on 66. Yep. Signed special Elvira certificate of authentic. Authent- you can tell, man, I've been talking a lot. And I'm re- recording. Keep going. Come on. You can do it. Push Authenticity. Through it. <sighs> oh, it, it's been a long week. And it's, Jim, it's only Monday. <laughs> it's been a bear. Signature edition metallic Horror red dripping blood sparkle finish, laser cut, high gloss. Is that all one <gasps> sentence? Powder coat, side armor, lockdown bar and legs, and there's no period. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say that again? Did you get that? I can listen to the podcast again. So I think I, I think at least at least as I'm viewing some of the pictures, probably some of this extra detailing and sparkly stuff is just washed out in the pictures. The LE is four hundred machines. Uh, let me get down to the playfield stuff because it looks like the main difference. So the question is, Brent, do you miss out on FOMO? Oh, I don't. I don't. I, is that, no, is I, that a redundancy? No. Is that what? Should I Am I, miss, do I fear missing out? Do I fear? Go, that, do I have a fear have, of missing out? Missing out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so far detached from this. I really don't care because I looked at the playfield and I'm like, eh. Some people are. I've never quite run into it myself within the hobby. There's something I can look at and I'll go, okay, I like it, but. I'm not going to say, I got to have it now. I'm not going to miss out. I mean, there's there may be one game that I kind of made a mistake, which is I won't. I'll, okay, I'll go ahead and confess it right now. <laughs> what? What do you have fear, FOMO of? No, I, I've, I've already pulled the trigger on it. Oh. I'm kind of going, yeah, I may have made a bad decision, but I don't care. Okay. Primus. So oh, you're gonna? Did you buy a Primus? I have a Primus, sir. In okay. Box in Colorado. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> well, hey, if, do you like Primus as the band? Uh, oh yes, yes. That's one of the reasons I got it, and I also, for the same reason, I like the Whizbang Playfield. Yeah, like, I, Playfield. I like. I listened to it when I was a kid. The one thing I don't like about, and I don't mind that they've recycled it. That doesn't bother me. The one thing I don't like about it is the cost on it. To me, the if, granted this is MSRP, but the requested dollar for that game just seemed a little out there for what the game was. Play-wise, I like the feel of the game. It's kind of even though it's modern and it's modern electronics underneath all that, it's got the feel of of a classic game, but yet with a little bit more speed and kick. And oh, you know, I, knew, it's, I, I knew that. It's not a lazy the time play. I played played Wonelli. Oh, Wonelli. Yeah, yeah, I remember playing Wonelli with you and Whitney in Atlanta years ago. Yeah, I like the game. To me, just the thing that turned me off from it was was the price. But if it's for you, it's for you. I know, and uh, you know, I wanted one, and I kind of missed out on the first Wonelli, mm-hmm. which was much better. That was probably about fifty four hundred for a Wonelli at that time. Mm-hmm. But now that they're doing all these specialty games with it, such as PBR and Primus, I mean, I may have missed out. I missed out on those, so I said I'm gonna miss out on this one. Now looking back, I'm going. Yeah, I probably could have waited. I probably should have waited, but oh well, it's just one of those. Hey, if it's what you wanted, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm looking back at the feature matrix. 
So you get down, you get past all the art stuff. So what is the bottom? There's got to be like four or five lines at the very bottom of that matrix nope. that are just not filled in for nope. the signature. Uh, the, when you get down to the game features, interactive mansion, motorized diverter, front door entrance, starts house, you know, stuff that is actual a solid feature, like this moves or this does it, or that's a toy or this is new. And then things that are listed like there's a target, but they call it 14 things that make it sound special. You know, it's all there. And it's exactly the same, every line, all of them checked for all three versions. So it's the same play field all the way through. Really? The same toys, everything. Everything in that sets that the LE apart from the premium is, is a typical LE premium upkick in that it's art. And then it's even more art in the like to get you into the signature. Interesting. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Hmm. High definition. You get, you get anti-reflective glass on... You don't get that on the premium. You know, you don't get a shaker motor in the premium. You don't get the art blades in the premium. But when you get down into, uh, like I said, the, the, the core game features. How much, is a shake, how much is a shaker motor by itself? I think they're like 100 bucks. I think you can get one for 100 really? bucks. A stern one. You can get them. Marco doesn't sell them. Look on Marco. Yeah, they sell. See if Marco has them for sale. I'm, I'm interested to see that because I'm looking at these numbers at eight grand versus ninety six hundred. That's sixteen hundred dollars difference for one of the biggest pieces in the machine being a shaker motor as the difference in price. Mechan mechanically. Yeah, I, I, and if I'm I may be correct, less than eight hundred dollars. So shaker motor for Stern Spike system, uh, one hundred nine ninety nine at Marco. Really, two hundred. Okay, one oh nine. 109. Yeah, uh, 109, 10999. That's Southern, 109. dollars <laughs> Yeah, so $110. Maybe I'm spoiled because, you know, I, I'm hanging at Rec Bar often enough, and I know we, talk, I, we talked about them quite a bit on the show and just on this show. So I see a lot of actually all the new Sterns going back several games at this point. They've had a tendency to get pros and then turn around and up them into premiums when they're available. I've got them at my fingertips, easy access. Maybe that takes a lot of that edge off for me, but I just, I'm like, meh. <laughs> I can't there's no eh. <laughs> the newness has worn off yeah it's like uh, the honeymoon is over yeah and maybe that's reflective of a place I am in, in life right now and, and just that it's just like I've got the things on my plate you know I'm not yeah I, I agree. The, the Ghostbusters thing, man, I was all in that. I broke my cardinal rule and I, I wasn't disappointed. You bought it without playing it. I bought it without playing it. Yep. There's a show listener. He knows that. Yes, sir. Yes. I bought it without playing it. The only remorse I feel about that game is that I don't get to play it as off. You could, I, it has driven me crazy, Jim, sitting here looking across the floor, and I can see the dust on that game or all these games. That's my fault. That's the only remorse I have about that game. That game, I really truly think, and I'm not, I'm not fanboying on it because I'm trying to justify my decision. I think that that game is going to go the way of like a Tron or an Iron Man where it's going to be – it's going to be a standout among a series of, you know, all the all the Stern games are, are let's just be honest, I, whether I like them or not doesn't matter. They're they're actually good games. You okay. Know, I get down to little things I might just be nitpicking. And there's, there's issues, there's stuff going on with the play fields, there's manufacturing problems. But at the end of the day, they got good games. Let's just be honest. I think that Ghostbusters is going to be one of those standout games in a sea of good games. You got a premium, right? That's a premium, yes. Yes, I would say the premiums are going to be much... They're better than the pros, and I've had a chance at the pro, and I go and 
I want the I want the premium. Mm-hmm. The premium is nicer, especially with that subway. Let's go into my next the game. Okay. The game. You want to okay, play the game yeah. now? <laughs> so you kind of alluded to it, and uh, in all all the pinball podcasts that I ever listened to, they always do this. Let's. What's your dream theme? What would be the game that you would want to play or you want made? Obviously, Ghostbusters was big enough it was, theme it, yeah. that you you basically broke your role and you bought it. Yeah, sight unseen, sight unseen. And, and got it. Well, I saw pictures ish, but yeah, play unplayed. Yes, absolutely. So, what would be a theme that you think would be great, and who do you think should make it? It's not a viable theme commercially. <laughs> It's not but a I viable tell, theme commercially. I can tell you right now who I would just love to have in a game, and that's Blues Brothers. I, I have stopped watching it because I would watch it too much. You know, I would just keep it on the background. I that's a long movie to just keep. It. Oh, I I love that movie. I don't know why I've always enjoyed that movie, and it wouldn't be uncommon for me to just put it on loop at the old house. I don't do stuff like that as much here because the way things have changed for me, I'm not here as much as I would like to be in long stretches, I just have it. That would be my background noise is the blues brothers. And I just love that movie. So do you it, think Stern or Jack or deep root or see, I don't know who what, American what is, pinball. What's, do you think so they would American, do it justice? Who do you think would do, so would what's do it? Justice? So American is doing uh Houdini and am I, so I got these games, right? Houdini and Oktoberfest. That's American, right? Correct. So what's deep root got out there? So supposedly in November or... So they don't have a game out yet. It's going to be two Razas or Retro Atomic Zombieland. Okay. Or so, retro Atomic... Oh, oh, so that that is egg. what... Well, I forgot what the A is on Raza. Is Deep Root what has basically become of Papa Duke's... They took two Papa Duke's designs, I okay. believe, and hired them on two years ago to basically design for them. What was the company that Papa Duke had? It was P something, right? Or it was, uh, uh, it was kind of a, anyway, that is the Genesis of deep root, right? Yes. And no. Okay. Houdini, not Houdini. That's American pinball. Yeah. But one of those games, I guess was one of J pops designs and they had to redo it. So basically what American pinball did was they made the magic girls. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Girls? All right, I'm backwards. I'm backwards. You're right. In order for payment and okay. services so, rendered uh, uh, somewhat. American some American grew out of what the, the ordeal uh, with Papa Duke. One of his, his first. Thing. Alice in Wonderland and all that Correct. stuff. Yeah, okay. So I guess Alice in Wonderland I think is still on the table. I don't know that for sure, but I think that's on the table for one of the five days of Deep Root. Well, I, I definitely know Suncoast isn't going to make it. Yeah, well, because <laughs> after the chapter eleven thing, <laughs> you know how close I was. Uh, that was one of the other ones. Me and Whitney went to TPF and we played when they had that down there for the very first time. Well, it was I think it was the second time because they had it at Free Play. I think they had it at Free Play Florida because mm-hmm. they're out of Florida and they brought it up to uh, SFGE and we were playing it. And I'm going, I go to Whitney, I go, this thing needs new rails and it needs different flippers. Now, many people will argue with me on the flipper size rails as in like rails on the play field or rails or like side rails? the return rails were okay were basically plastic return rails the right one remained it in production i believe and the left one became a steel rail okay and that's what i said, I said i'd have to go back and look at rec bars saw, they took they took theirs off the floor yeah <laughs> you they told were, me about that yeah i guess it i guess it locked up on you yeah they were having some problems with it you know code wise it definitely was i mean even it even the code said prototype it's just too early the wire forms i've given stern a lot of credit and i've given them a lot of grief in the show 
And here's a point where I'm going to give them some credit. I know they do things in certain places to save money. Hopefully that money goes back into other parts of the game, change the lockdown bar, lock assembly that's gone, stuff like that. I'm good. I'm cool with that. One thing Stern has not done is made their wire forms thinner. There's a reason they're as thick as they are. And it's probably the same diameter that goes all the way back through Williams and Bally back in the day because it works. You look at, I mean, the, the wire forms that are, that they put on Cosmic Carnival is just, it's anemic. They were breaking welds. So, I mean, it's just like, just things like that. It's just like, come on guys, get it together. Yeah. I think the flipper, I mean, unlike Thunderbirds where the flipper mix were just so oh, loose. See, I haven't got to play the, oh, that at all. I haven't even seen one of those. They were so loose. It was just ridiculous. I go, how can this thing even, I mean, it flips and it throws it up there, but they're just so different. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that game, Cosmic Carnival, could have stood for basically old Bally fat flippers. It would have been better flipping. But that's my opinion. I heard it was like only seven grand is, was owed or something when they filed Chapter 11. There's an article that's on Pinball News. And, and it goes through because it's got... It, was simple, it basically comes down to, how many, how, how to many? rent on a couple... Oh. The buildings are in an industrial complex, a couple spaces they're in. Something the old, like the that. The old Andrew Highway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not you really. Know, but you you know, you asked about designer and I mean is is Lawler Lawler's at Jack with Jack now, right? I think Lawler still has his independent studio. Does he? I think he's still hired gun. I could see Lawler. It's been a while since I played dialed in. I know you've got one. I remember having fun. Now you know there's new code, right? Oh no, I haven't kept up with it. Uh, I guess there's they were. I guess the guys at uh, Buffalo Pinball got it. They're going to become. I guess they're becoming shilling at Jersey Jack. But they had 1.72 streaming the other day, and I'm going interesting. I have to look back here at all Lawler's games. I know because I know he did Adams, him and Lamar. Or you played Wonka yet? I played it in Atlanta, but just there's too much going on. I didn't get a full game on it where I could actually focus on it. No, did you? Yes, it's a good game. Is it? Yes, it's a very good game. It's, so, it reminds me of the old Williams, the old the Williams of the late '90s, the medieval madnesses and stuff, and all those. So I was looking back at the rest of because I know I know Lawler and Demar did you know well concept for Adams was Lawler, and at the end of the day, the design is credited to both Demar, Larry Demar, and Pat Lawler. So just, I mean, looking at Lawler's other games, I mean, I've got a CSI and, you know, his involvement in that is kind of yes, no, you know, the, the, the word on the street was, is he designed some of it and then a lot of, you know, a lot of it. And then some of it was changed and it's kind of sketchy, but it's accredited to him. I like CSI. I think it's a fun game. It's, I mean, I don't see selling mine. You got IPDB.org up? I do. Can you bring up CSI numbers? Uh, they, Stern doesn't publish that stuff. And now they may have when that game was produced. So Stern, manufacturer. Because uh, I was just thinking about Cosmic Carnival and there's word that maybe only 30 to 40, yeah, I thought maybe it was, 50 maybe were made. I thought it was just low double digits. Is it just low? Yeah, that's because I, I, I know they came back and they, they announced production and they limited production and they stopped production. Where they stopped, nobody knows. Yeah, there's no there's no production numbers on here for CSI because I've seen that batted around, you know, 400, 700, because that that was CSI. If I remember my history correctly, was supposed to have been like a like a line filler game, which I didn't understand that either because one, if if you actually look at the back glass, the artwork 
there's a the logo on there for like Lawler's design. But studio. that was that was part of the. So they they had they had the big guns. You see, you said he was a hard gun. Well, they had one of the big well, guns was, on. That was as during a design. also one of the low points in pinball too. Oh, that that's during, true. Like, yeah, the mid mid two thousands. That was like it the was. low point. So that's why I'm saying the production run would probably yeah. be pretty low. Two thousand eight. Yep. Yep. And, and it would start going up about that time after about 2010, 2011. And I'm thinking about, I, I didn't even, I didn't even consider that time. Cause I'm looking at the, that's, that is the, the main cast, the, the CSI that started the 42 CSIs, you know, the other series and that. CSI Miami with yeah. David Caruso. Yes. Wasn't there several other, wasn't like quality eight? actor. <laughs> David Caruso. <laughs> but that show was huge. You know, that's oh, that what kind was, of, that, yeah. I love that show too. I and that was the that core the cast. That's, bef- that's before, you know, you started getting those, the original characters were leaving and Ted Danson eventually came in and all that stuff. But you're right that just pinball in itself was low. So that, that would attribute to not being able to sell no matter what the IP was. I mean, they could have, they could have gotten Disney and been Mickey Mouse and they probably wouldn't have sold. So I yeah, like the locks, sense. the skull, the skull is pretty Oh, the skull lock's cool. Yes. Yeah. He'd do a good game. I mean, obviously he'd do it. I mean, he did Twilight Monopoly. Zone. He did, I think Monopoly's hampered yeah. by. No, no it's code. It's code? <laughs> it's code. It's not finished. Oh, maybe he'll do it. What about NASCAR? <laughs> I've not played NASCAR. you not played NASCAR? Mm-mm. Goodness gracious. I haven't played Earthshaker in a while. Those are old Williams. Um, Roadshow. I mean, there's a solid game right there. Yeah, that is. Roller Coaster Tycoon. I'd love to have a Roller Coaster Tycoon. I've kind of had my eye I think out. I played it maybe once or twice, and that's it. It's got fun call-outs, fun shots. There's a lot of eye candy there, if you're in it for the eye candy. A lot of metal. Yeah. It's, uh, I like how what he did with the, the rails for the roller coasters. It's not a DeLorean. It doesn't just look good. You know, I think the game performs. <laughs> So. DeLorean. It's not you know a, those cars were underpowered. That's right? why I said it's okay. not a DeLorean. It looks good, it, it's but it's not, underpowered. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just all show. Kind of like your Fiero. Hey, now you're right. That thing couldn't oh. fall out of a tree. <laughs> it looks great. Can fall out of a tree. I still got. Okay, let me ask you this. You always end the show with Team Fiero. Oh, what does that mean? Yes. So when we start, I guess we never explained that. Go did we? Team Fiero. When the, I'll call it the craze, when the TNA craze hit, the total nuclear annihilation craze hit, that it's a great game. It's a fun game. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way. When it, when it made the splash and then that really brought forward Scott, Scott Denisi, uh-huh. you know, Scott had been doing work at Pinball Life, if I remember correctly. And this is going back from listening to some of the spooky pinball podcasts from back in that, that time period. And that's how Charlie got to know him and, you know, I think you know one of the one of the things Charlie mentioned is he would he would work on designing something and then he'd kind of get it to a point and he'd just set it on Denise's desk at Pinball Life because he knew Denise couldn't leave well enough alone and he had to perfect it and that was kind of like <laughs> I kind of got like that's like the eighty twenty rule I'll get eighty percent of it and then that last twenty percent I'll let Denise do <laughs> you know so so that's where you know his name started coming around and Scott is younger than me but. It, it seems as if he's like one of the wrong generation babies. He he really likes the '80s stuff, and you could get the 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 music from TNA on a cassette. And I have uh, I have two copies. I think. Do you? Yes. If you a cassette, I guess he's going to be redoing it. Oh, uh, is he? Yeah, there's going to be a 2.0, I guess, on the music. Oh, okay. That's what I think. I'm not, I may be wrong. If you if you listen to the very beginning of the show, if you don't know what that sound is, that is. When when we had 
the cassette on the show a couple years ago and I actually ran an old school tape deck into the mixer. We were playing music off of the cassette on the show live. While I had the tape deck out, I recorded the sound of putting the tape in the deck and closing the door and hitting play. And that's what's at the very beginning of the show. That's what that weird sound is. And then it goes into TNA music from TNA, which is what is used through the show. Now Scott also has a Fiero. So that's what, what year is this? Uh, I think he's got an 88. So he has one of the later runs. The last year, they, they made him 84 through 88. Okay. So, so he has one that hasn't caught on fire. Uh, well, any fear of that survives <laughs> today. <laughs> you do know that. Oh, yeah, well, do, I can tell okay. you why. I can tell you why that happened. Because wasn't it because of cooling on the, the, the oil cooler? The, here's the reality of it. Back in the day, it's 151 cubic inch. Iron Duke, that was the name. I'm making air quotes again. Iron Duke was the, the term for it, four-cylinder motor. And they were made, the, the parts for those were made in a GM-owned foundry. And they, as the story goes, the reason they had a high failure rate, like a 20% failure rate of their connecting rods. The myth or the legend or the reality behind the reason for that is, is the, the factory had to produce quantity. And to reach that quantity, the quality suffered, and they had a, a 20% failure rate. So what would happen in that car is the rod, if a rod broke, it'd punch a hole in the block. Okay, terrible thing. If that motor was in any one of the other cars from General Motors at the time, because that was used in the X-Body, which was the Phoenix and the Chevy Citation and whatever the Buick okay. was and all that. Yeah. Oil would leak out all over the ground. You'd be upset. Cavalier wasn't in a, in a Cavalier? Think, I don't think the Cavalier was around then. It may have been. Well, the Chevrolet, the Chevrolet was the Citation. The X-Body Chevrolet was the Citation. But they used okay. that motor in a, lot of, in a lot of vehicles throughout the GM line. All right, so it punches a hole in the side of the block. You're stuck on the side of the expressway. There's oil everywhere. You're upset. In a Fiero, the motor's in the back. And the funny thing about the, the Fiero is, is the back end of a Fiero is the front end of a Citation or a Pontiac Phoenix, the X-Body. They took, okay, I see what you're saying. They took the front end. They put it in the back. The frame is basically turned around. They didn't even turn it around. They just put it in the back. They put the, the, the engine cradle from the, the whole front end. They didn't rotate end. it 180? No, they, just, they put it in the back. Wow. Okay. All right. And if you go out, if we go out in the garage and you crawl under the back of my 84 Fiero pace car, where you would attach to the spindle, the tie rod ends that would, would move them for the steering. Right. There's just a, uh, a bar that goes from that right up to the body and locks it forward. That's what they did. It's the front end of a citation with the motor there. The exhaust comes right out like 24 inches behind it. And that all snakes underneath the motor. So you're zipping down the road, you got a 20% rod in there, it fails, it breaks, it punches a hole in the block, all the oil pours out right on the exhaust. (laughs) Then you have a road flare, (laughs) because at that point, point, it then starts to burn the plastic body off. This as long as it wasn't near a fuel line, though. Oh, well, I mean, at that point, it's all given. (laughs) It's all given. (laughs) It's all given that you're in trouble. I've seen pictures from one of the Fiero clubs. It's been years. I'm not in a Fiero club. No, I'm not that geeky. But you can take all the exterior body off of a Fiero, if you know what you're doing, in about an hour and drive the car around. <laughs> on With its frame. <laughs> Just with its space frame. You can take all those plastic body panels off. They're not structural. 
and drive the car around. And there's a, there's a Fiero club somewhere that they, they have one, one of the members has that and they take that to shows. So that was the other thing. So you punched a hole in the block, you leaked on the exhaust, the oil caught on fire and then it catches the body on fire. <laughs> It burns to the ground. Holy smokes. That's, so, yeah. So why not like an M2 or a CRX? An M2, the Toyota? The Toyota. MR2? The, the MR2. Yeah. yeah it's I, basically almost the same body style. Yeah, it's a, a rear engine. Is no, it a rear engine? Yeah, it's a rear engine. Okay. A buddy of mine had one. They don't do that that I'm aware of. I've never yeah. heard of them doing that. Same body style. Yep. So, they're they're always cool wondering that. Go Team Fiero. Yeah, that's what it is. Scott has one. Already had, I'm sure he does. I was going to say, or he had one, but yeah. How many do you have? Right now, two. I've got an 84 pace car, and then I actually have an 88 GT. It, it had some mechanical problems, and then the owners had let it set for a long time, so I got it for you a You got an 88 GT? I got an 88 GT. They went through all the trouble in 88. Man, we've tangented it. and I I, I know. That's all right. I tangented it. We got to shut this thing down, too. I'm tired. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, they, they redesigned that sucker in 88 from the ground up. Suspension-wise? Oh, so I told you the back end of an 84 through 87 is a Chevrolet Citation slash um, Pontiac uh, Phoenix, the X-Body. The front end, all the suspension on the front end, do you remember that stellar vehicle GM built called the Chevette? The yes. front end, all the suspension and everything, the brakes, all of it, it's all off-the-shelf Chevette parts. So the Fiero is like a DeLorean. It's all show and no-go. It has a look, but it... It's not a performer, not at all. And then in 88, for the 88 model year, they redesigned it. Vented disc brakes, all that stuff. I remember eyeballing those when I was a senior. Yeah, 88 was a year to have. And it was then, either that or a Beretta. Or, or the Beretta would have been the... The Beretta was the sedan, basically. Chevrolet. To, no, Beretta was a... Was yeah, it a was Beretta? A yeah. Or was that the guy with the parrot in the 70s? No, it, with that the is true. It was Beretta. <laughs> it was Beretta. Was it and they a, make firearms. It was a, no, it was a... It was a there was a Chevrolet. Let me get a Google tab out. Hold on. Chevrolet. It wasn't now. It wasn't the Camaro barrel. Yeah, it was a Beretta. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're right. Sure was. Yeah, you'd have been better off with the Beretta. That just seemed odd. That name just right in 2019 Beretta seemed odd. But you're right. It was a Chevrolet Beretta. So those were the two big cars. I think I ended up getting a 1990 Eagle Talon when they first came out with oh those. those were those were cool yeah those had design issues too that's when they started to get into timing belts instead of timing chains oh it was an interference motor yes well so. that's what remember, remember the little car that you saw me in atlanta that, that yeah. was stuffed full of parts the dodge uh the stratus stratus yes and that the one i have or had or i still have it it's on its way out was a coupe dodge was in a partnership with mitsubishi and there was a lot of cars that, that Dodge offers that are actually rebanded, branded Mitsubishis. The two-door Stratus is actually an Eclipse. And the four-cylinder two motor... Stratus? Do what? The two-door Stratus? The two-door Stratus is an Eclipse. The four-door Stratus is a Dodge vehicle. The, the two-door Stratus is a, is a Mitsubishi Eclipse with a Dodge ah. nose, an emblem on the steering wheel. Yeah, you open the doors up, all the... Vin- I don't know about that, Brant. 100%. You go out there right now, we open the doors up, all the VIN tags. Because my Eagle Talon was, there was three versions of it. There was the Eagle Talon, because they had that version. They had the Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah. And then they had the Dodge Laser. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
So those were all the same body styles in the same car from Mitsubishi, but then the Dodge Stratus had a different. Now, what, what, now I'm talking about Str- this is this is the Dodge the Stratus wasn't an Eclipse. This was in the 2000s. Is it in the 2000s? Yeah, you can take an. I've I've done it. You can pull up my my car next to a Mitsubishi Eclipse and open the doors. It's the exact same door panel. All the VIN tags on all the body panels. They're they've all got the Mitsubishi logo on them. The key fob is Mitsubishi. Huh. It's a Mitsubishi. Mo- it's a Mitsubishi. Well, let's get back to arcade. Any- anyway, <laughs> but no, yeah, same thing. Interference motor, and that's what took it out. I'd already done the timing belt, and the the, the aftermarket timing belt failed well inside of its life expectancy. All right, so we've beat this. We beat this we arcade beat- horse to death. <laughs> we've talked Berettas and Eclipses and uh, whatever else we've wandered off on. It's like a typical show. It's all you right. Know, that's why we're endearing. It's all right. It's all good. Oh, man. Did you have anything else that you wanted to cover? Anything else in your notes? You've been on the show. Have you actually talked on the show before? I know you've been. Uh, one time I came to LAX. This is okay. the second one. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I did forget about that. Two years ago? I think it was longer ago than that. It was probably three because you were there when we had the booth on the far wall. In the last two years, we've had a booth on the near wall. On the near wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was probably three years ago. And then you were you hung with us a lot in Atlanta, but you didn't partake any at all. You 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 just kind of hung out while we were interviewing folks. That's right. Assisting. Yeah. Assisting. Laughing and pointing. Not really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was thinking, so when you start fixing something, mm-hmm. what are the steps that you go through when you start to diagnose something? First things that that I like to check, if it's something mechanical, like in in the pinball world, generally the the first thing I'm just looking for is freedom of movement in the mechanisms. Flippers are a perfect example. You start getting some wear in the coil stops. You start getting some wear in the the, uh, sleeves. Things start to get out of a line. You start to get things binding. Things start start to fail. You're talking about what was the the part for the drawbridge in medieval madness. Medieval madness. Right. There's metal parts in there. Things wear as things start to get out of the line. And then things don't work. Things will hang open. Things will hang closed. Things will hang in the middle. Things are intermittent. You so know? when you flip the switch, when I flip the switch, like on a, like I'm turning a game on for the first time. Yeah. You know, there, there's a whole school of thought on that. People are like, well, I never do. I go through this, and I check this, and if it's a pinball, I check off. I look at it like this. If it broke the last time it was turned on, it isn't going to make any difference. I'll figure it out. And if it breaks right now, so what? I plug a game in, turn it on, see what it does. I don't go through any pre-checks. Uh, well, I look it over to make sure there's not like... You don't disconnect anything no. and then check, okay? No. Okay. I don't just return or flip it on and pull my hand out because it, like, if I've got a stuck uh, driver, if there's a driver shorted and it hadn't already burned something else up and failed like the last time the game was on, right. I do listen for mechs to fire. If I get a mech that fires as soon as I turn the game on, I turn it off. Lock on. Lock on. Yeah, yeah. It locks on. Then I'll study it. I'll look at it and I'll do it again and I'll try to figure out what's stuck on. But I, if I've got a, if I've got a game that's new to me that hadn't been turned on in a month or a year or whatever, I give it a quick once over to make sure there's nothing glaringly wrong, like bare wires or something. And I just plug it in. I just turn plug it, it in. I turn it on. So I don't care. Me, I used to be when I first met you guys down at. Uh, you first met us at Atlanta. At, at Atlanta, the first year the of very SFGE. first Atlanta, you sat on that panel with the Jonathan LeYoung and his. What was his show? His arcade repair tips. Arcade repair tips. Yep. He said ASAP. Always start at power. 
And that's what I used to do is, okay, I'll unplug everything and I'll check the voltages coming off the power supply because more than likely that's the first point of failure if it's going to come into the machine. Mm-hmm. I got into a routine where I'm going, okay, what am I looking at here? So I've changed that. I'm not, I no longer do always start at power. I mean, that's one of the areas that I'm going to check. But what I'll do is I'll look at the schematic because if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Okay, so but if you have a roadmap, which is the schematic, you study it. I mean, when I first got into the hobby, I, I started off on electromechanicals. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how an open and a closed switch is, you just you're going to be lost. You got to know what state the machine is in before you can start diagnosing which switches are open or yep. which are closed. I, I've I'm not an EM person, and but I do understand you. An EM is a computer. It's just a state machine. Yeah, it's a state machine. It's a computer implemented in switches and relays and steppers. It's different from computers as we know them in that if you turn it on, it starts at a given state. Well, powered off sitting in your building, it's in some state. It's in the off state. Well, no, I mean, mean, all the switches and everything are... That's basically what the schematic is, is the off state. When you turn that game on, it is in the same electrical state that it was when you turned it off in terms of where it thinks balls are what's it's yeah you're right you have to understand the it's a it's a slightly different animal and the the schematics lead you there but schematics on any machine i believe will lead you to basically how the machine works especially Mm -hmm. i mean if you get you know as well as i do there's many different types of systems systems yeah and if you don't know the system or you don't know how it works or which signal goes to where then and the oddities of all that All you're system. doing is looking at the, the piece of machinery and it's looking at it back at you <laughs> and you're just going, fix yourself. No. No. <laughs> you learn the peculiarities of a given system. Like if I had a Data East machine in front of me, whether it was this Back to the Future or this Jurassic Park or the uh, Tales from the Crypt or whatever, I know that e- even though that these are slightly different generation games, I know that the power supply in those in a Data East game, just from experience and uh, some study, you can learn a lot of this from study, they have a tendency to fail in a given way. And yeah, I'm still going to Brent, I'm going to plug it in, turn it on, see what it does. But I know yeah. that the first thing I'm going to look at is I'm going to go to that power supply board <laughs> and say, I bet, I think it's C5, I bet C5 is leaked out. And then where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and then go from there. But <laughs> I, I can't resist the urge just to plug it in and turn it on. <laughs> so, you know, pre pre tests, what whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm so sorry. So how far how far down do you dive? Obviously, you're going to need to troubleshoot it to a certain area. You're going to troubleshoot either mechanical issue where something's binding or something's not. Well, if I've got it, if I've got a new game. And let's just take the firepower back there as an example, because I went through the same process with it that I would if it was a game that that I bought uh, that hadn't been turned on condition as is whereas I'll go through a game and I'll assess the electronic issues first. Okay, if this is a game like say I'm going to go through, I'm going to assume that if it hadn't been touched in a while, I'm going to have some mechanical issues. I generally assess the electronic first, and I do start with power, kind of like with a monitor. If I'm gonna, if the monitor's dead, the first thing I'll do is cap kit it, and then retest it because I want, I want that stable. That feeds everything else. That's where it all starts. That's where the, the beginning of the road is. Good power supply. The mechanical stuff might isn't going to work. The electron, the 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 computer isn't going to work. The rest of the electronics isn't going to work without good power. Okay. Once I know I've got good power, 
then that's when I start moving into the switches and the drivers. Okay. I'll take the manual and I will print the the switch page and it's got the layout on the playfield where all the switches are. And I'll print the the page for all the, the coils. And this is assumes I don't have a coil stuck on that I need to address right now. And I will walk that in the test mode or even in game mode and I'll test every switch and every coil and figure out what needs to be addressed. And that tends to open up other problems. Like if I've got a single coil or a single switch, or if you know, if you start doing red and green on your copied page from the manual, you can say, okay, well, here's all the reds. And you can look at the matrix and say, oh, well, they're all in the same row or in this, they're in the same column in the matrix. Then you can start diving deeper, getting okay. back into the matrix problem, switch or lamp or whatever. Do the same thing with the lamps. Now, do you test within, say you have... You've narrowed it down to either a driver board or an MPU board or issue. Do you test it in circuit or do you pull it and then test it? I'll typically do it live. in the. I'll either do it in the game or if I've got a rig where I can do it on a bench and power it on a bench. The Williams stuff is great. There's uh, test chips out there to exercise a lot of the subsystems on a Williams game. Okay. And then there's third parties that make devices that will plug right on the headers and give you, okay, well, here's, here's what the lamps are doing. You don't have to have it in a game. You've got it in LEDs right there next to you can do it all on a bench. So yeah, I, I test everything powered, you know, and work my way back. What you run into a lot, uh, what I run into a lot on, uh, you, you, well, you'll see it in data East because the data East stuff is basically the early data East stuff is is well, even the later DMD stuff is based on like system 11. What you run into more often than not there is problems with the PIAs, you know, where the processor is talking out to the other subboards, whether it be a driver board or, you know, I'm controlling lamps, I'm controlling sound or whatever. Satellite boards or subsections within the MPU, that interface is done through the PIA, peripheral interface adapter. There you go. And what you'll end up with there a lot of times is you'll end up with a failed input or failed output. So it, the only way to really find that is to test that in circuit live and either track it down with a test ROM or even a logic probe. Oh, do you, okay. That was my next thing. Do you use a logic probe or a logic analyzer or a, what's the oscilloscope? Other? Oscilloscope, but there's a, oh, I'm trying to think. So, I mean, logic probe is going to give you the quick, you know, is it high? Is it low? Is it pulsing? Which you can, you can diagnose a PIA with that in, in a heartbeat. You can do, diagnose a lot of logic with that in a heartbeat. And you, you know, your next. A logic analyzer. Is that what I'm thinking? I'm so think I don't, I don't use a logic analyzer. You don't? I, I've, I've not even messed with one. My understanding of what a logic analyzer is going to do is it's going to give you taps right out of it. So like, for example, if I wanted to follow a signal back through several layers of ICs, so it started at the processor and it went through some glue logic and it went through this gate, ended up at the PIA and here's the input pin on the PIA and that corresponds to this output. You can tag into all of those with a logic analyzer and follow that path basically in one display. Right. Or you could walk it back segment at a time with a logic probe or with an oscilloscope. Now, there's probably EE. What do you think is easier? There's probably EEs out there, electrical engineers going, Because 
Let's, let's just be honest. When I say I hand fist my way through a lot of this, I'm, I'm not lying. I've not taken any formal classes. I've squirreled around with this stuff. Well, I'll tell you right now, I took classes and we didn't use one. You didn't use one? <laughs> no. I've kind of had a little bit of a knack for some of this well, yeah, all my life. One but demonstration. I'm just self-taught. I know. Yeah, I'm just... I think that's the better way to go. If you go back to like show one, that's how I got into this. Let's just be honest. That's how I got into this mess. I always wanted to learn circuit level electronics. And I tend to be better hands-on and more practical. And I built this and built that and made lights blank and little kits and solder. I could solder and I could. I had a pretty good grasp of schematics and basic understanding of what your, your core components, your diodes and your resistors and your capacitors and all this stuff did. And I wasn't getting anywhere. I was in a pizza place one night with my parents. They had a few games. I asked for the operator's number. I called them up. I'm still friends with, actually, I'm, I'm friends with both of them now, but one of the guys I still see and talk to regularly, I said, I don't want to compete. I just want a couple games to piddle with. And I went and I bought all their broken games. And the first game I fixed was this Excite bike back here. And I still own it. And I don't ever see selling it for that reason, because it has that kind of that nostalgia for me. You cut your teeth on it. Yeah. So that's that's how I got into this, <laughs> you know. Fifteen years later, in eighty, what number are we on? I've lost well, track. <laughs> Eighty-four podcasts here. I said, <laughs> "Is that your notebook?" Yeah, this is the Mead notebook. I learned. Yeah. I learned from the best. Yeah, this in eighty-four podcasts later. <laughs> here I said anyway, but no, that's the troubleshooting. I think is a technique that I think that it's individual to individual. Yeah. And I think it's going to be whatever you have are comfortable with. Me, I'm deathly afraid of being electrocuted. Don't want to, but I'll still play with it. I, I'm not, I'm going to respect it. Yeah. But you got to be respectful of it. Yeah. You got to be respectful of it. But uh, I think each individual has a different technique. Me, like I said, I'll start at the schematics and work my way and say, okay, let's think about this logically. Why is this not turning on and follow the path? And, and then, that's then what, look at the path and then say, okay, well, that's it. Usually it, because I think that if something fails, there's only going to be one single point of failure. It's when you have a poor design where you're going to have multiple points of failure align. Typically it, when I'm troubleshooting something electronic, you're right. A particular problem is generally not, not to say that it, especially in a game that has been left to its own devices over time and it's developed multiple issues that obviously happens but generally unless there's something catastrophic that's happened like overvolt you know someone's hooked up a 12 volt to a 5 volt line i was telling you about a board i someone had someone got in there and changed something that wasn't supposed to be yeah. changed that that wasn't the single someone's point gotten of there failure monkey and, to, exactly and it basically oh you just now caused more problems than you right yeah a kind of a, a you know it's a, best to take it slowly in my yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's what I'm doing, even following on that, that PIA example. I'm going to track back to, okay, is it the PIA? Well, I've learned over time that typically those are going to fail faster than some of the glue logic around them. So I might run there first. But if I've got something that's stuck high or low, it could also be the next component in line that's pulling that pin on the PIA higher or low. So yeah, it's a matter of starting at one end. Here's my problem, following that schematic back. And you ask what's easier. I mean, I tend to do it with a logic probe and that that's just kind of a quick go-to. And then if you have to break out the scope because things, you know, I had an issue on, um, 
remember a couple years ago, we were on the show, I was talking about when I had a day to eat Star Wars down here that I was working on as part of the trade purchased a, yep. a gentleman's collection. Yeah. You know, it was... Is that the, the Genesis was part of that? The Genesis came with a bunch of other games. What he, was the little lady... Oh, that's the space shuttle. I'm that sorry. was a space shuttle. The lady yeah. that had the space shuttle, she was here. When when I a couple years ago, I had bought a collection from a gentleman, and part of the deal, I said the trade. Part of the deal was I repaired a couple. He was keeping a couple games. So there was cash. There was repair work. There was this, and that's how we worked out the deal. And one of the games that he was keeping that I went through for him was the Day to Star Wars, and it had this real funky problem. It was centering around uh, one of the Pia's. Everything on the logic probe was telling me it was okay. Logic probe is going to tell you high or low, and it's right. it's got some pretty wide thresholds for what it calls high and low. But once if you get in between that window, th- there's space in there that electronically, by the rest of the logic, isn't high enough voltage to be considered high, or isn't low yep. enough to be considered logic low. Three point three, isn't it? I can't. That's I what I thought. That's what I usually use. If it's not above that, then it's not even going to be. A it's register. not considered high. High. Right. That's right. But the logic probe, it's the, the tolerances were too wide. And it wasn't figuring. I was floating in the middle just enough to trip the probe to make it look like I was doing something. It was doing something, but it wasn't it wasn't moving enough for the downstream logic to say, okay, we're doing something. That's when you start, okay, this, I'm not getting anywhere. This is telling me this, I can't find it. I'm not solving it. That's when you have to go into a tool like an oscilloscope that, that is going to actually say, yeah, this is what it looks like. This is what it's doing. Oh, and here's your peaks. You're not, you're hitting X voltage. Oh, that's not high enough to be considered high. It tripped the little beeper on $3 logic probe. Okay. So, that's what I used. A logic probe is what I, I that's my quick go to because it's real fast. It's real dirty. And 99% of the time it'll get you there. And then if you have to turn around and, and go the next step, that's when I might pull out a scope. Okay. And it, it serves me well. And it, I do the same thing on video games. You know, at the end of the day, if you're talking a solid state pinball. So on video games. It's a computer. So on the monitors, do you. If it's not, a dead monitor, you automatically going to know it's a dead monitor. Well, monitors are a little or, di- a different animal in that, like, you know, if you're, if I'm troubleshooting the, the logic board, that's a little experience. That's a little, uh, what's it look like? What's it doing? Is it resetting? That's when you get the schematic out and you start, you know, okay, I'm going to look at the CPU. I'm going to see if all my address signs are moving. Logic probe. I'm going to go at it again. Monitor. How do you differentiate? And this is just for my personal edification. This question is, the, okay. how do you differentiate between it being a monitor issue or a board issue? If the, I mean, obviously if it's, the monitor is not coming on. It's it's monitor issue. It's monitor issue. But what if you got like a fuzzy or some kind of screwed up? If you've got an effect that is carried out in the picture, I'm I'm going to explain what I what I'm seeing in my head. I'm going to try to put into words, and I've never put this into words, and especially after a full show in this late at night. Did we have a full show. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good. This is a full show. It's just fine. I see that a lot. Is this a monitor? Or is this a board issue? So if it's a monitor issue. You'll have the effect in the image, no matter uh, what is going on with the game, no matter what graphic is going through that space. So, for example, say say there's a distortion, say there's a wave in the image. Okay, that that would be a monitor. That would be a monitor issue. And if if there's a say it's a Pac-Man, if the Pac-Man travels through that, and the Pac-Man, the graphic itself follows the distortion, and it doesn't 
I'm trying to think how to describe this. Okay, so I, I'm following along. Yeah, it, so it, if it, the Pac-Man it, graphic itself was distorted everywhere. Then it's usually... Like it's a block or there's a piece missing or something like that. And that stayed true no matter where the Pac-Man went. That's going to be a board problem. If there's a portion of the screen that has a distortion and as things enter and exit that, that portion, if they distort to follow follow what's wrong and then come clear as they come out, you know, then it looks like a regular Pac-Man or regular ghost or something. That's, that's in the monitor. That's an issue in the way the monitor is displaying the image coming from the game. This okay. is, is kind of, I don't know if that makes sense. It that's, does. It, it, you, you've got to differentiate if you've got graphics issues or that, See, that's where I'm weak. I'm weak on the arcade side. Yeah. That's my weakness. Pinball, I'm good with. It's just the arcade side is, especially with the rasters, well, let, I, I'm more attuned with the XY games than I am with a raster. Let me flip the script on that. A bad monitor isn't going to put vertical bars in Pac-Man or a vertical bar in the ghost or make the ghost look like a like a square blob. A bad monitor isn't going to tune in on just the ghost graphic and do that. A bad monitor will have a wave or it'll have focus issues and it'll all be fuzzy. Okay. Or there'll be what we call a tear, which is like usually on the long side of the monitor, like if it's a horizontal monitor, it's usually you'll see a tear on the upper side of the monitor where the bottom of it looks nice and square, but then you get into that upper third or upper quarter, and all of a sudden it just like juts off to one side. It looks like it's torn, like it's a piece of paper. That's a monitor. The Pac-Man might enter that section, and it follows that, but he, the Pac-Man itself doesn't distort. The graphic is still Pac-Man. That's kind of how you, you know, the like I said, the monitor isn't going to make Pac-Man look funky. It isn't going to make your Galaga ship have a vertical bar in it. That's going to be a board problem. So a lot of it comes just to experience and just observing, honestly. Uh, if it's not, really what it comes down to. If you're not learning, you're not yeah. progressing. No, absolutely. A, a lot of it is just observing what you've got going on, especially in pinball. The mecha- most most stuff that, that I deal with in pinball is mechanical. And it's just looking at it and saying, okay, this is jammed. This has come out of position. This is bent. It's a lot One of thing I don't like observing. about pinball is the logic for on. Basically, to have in a position, I think it was, what was it? Was it diner? One of the coils was on automatically, and the only time when it was actually actuated, it turned off. <laughs> That's a, do you know what a coin, a coin door lockout coil is like? That's it. Same thing. Yep. You know, like if you've had a game, and Atari used to do this on all their games, and I don't think many of the other manufacturers did it. There's provision for it in a lot of the Williams doors. But in, anyway, if you if you walk up to an Atari game, like I'm looking at my battles on, I, I put a quarter in it, it'll drop right out. It won't fall through. It'll drop right out the coin return. And so when I turn it on, the first thing you'll hear is a click. And there's a little coil in there, like a pinball coil, that pulls a little bar out of the way so that your your quarters or your tokens will pass through. So yeah, when the game is on, that coil is always energized. And you know, that's the thing you could run into there if if you're operating a game and it won't accept and it's got lockout coils, the wire could be off or the coil could be burned out. I've seen coin doors like from Century and Century games where they've bought a coin door. If you've ever seen inside a Century game, it's very Spartan. I like their games, but you can tell that they were 
they were done cheaply. They were done cheaply. I've seen Century games. I'm pretty sure it was a Century game where they had gotten coin doors that were set up like that, and they had the lockout coil and everything. When you got it set up like that, the default the spring pushes the little block in place, the little wire, and it won't accept money. So they just zip tie the the lockout coil closed. <laughs> but <laughs> came from the factory like that. They got the door. They're not wired. They're not. They don't have provisions to deal with it. So instead of spending time and taking it off, they just zip tie shut. They zip tied open, so to speak. So, but the diner has something like that. I didn't know. I've not worked on a diner. There's a there's a coil in a diner that when you turn the game on, it energizes and closes. I'm gonna look at that one. Now you got you thinking now. Yes, it does. <laughs> I just know that we we have this event. We have this event at in Colorado called Dory Hill. It's basically a camp out. And one of the guys brought one of those, and we were trying to figure it out on location. So Dory Hill is basically in. It's up in the mountains, so it's probably one of the high, we call it pinball at elevation. And it gets really cold there, and it's the first weekend after Labor Day. But uh, we had to troubleshoot because we put take these games and we put them on these cabins, porches, and play them all night. Mm-hmm. And we had to try and figure out the logic for this, this switch on diner. It just boggled everybody, and we're just going. I think we either had too much to drink. Or- <laughs> it makes me want to find a diner and mess with it. Yeah, but honestly, there's some study, there's some experience, but a lot of it is just observation. Watch to- out, she's she's stuck. Oh, Uh-oh. she got out. All right, she's giving me the eye. I think she yeah. wants us to shut down because I, I think, think she, she wants to go, to go out. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, to answer the root of your question, a lot of it is just observation to get you to the area. Real quick, this circles me back to the my rant on the last show about Facebook? just Facebook. And I have that has started this tide of you know, being me being tagged in posts of I've been tagged. It's like, I, I knew, he's that guy. You, you knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, you, Text messages and screen caps. It's kind of like it's kind of like getting your call sign. You oh, know. like in the military, you get your call. It's your. Do you know why you get your call sign? I've heard it's based on some just a something to do with your personality. You, you, well, it, it's a couple of things. One, it's usually a play on your name. That's the okay. easier one. The other, the one of the other ones is you do something stupid. Oh, okay. There if you, you do go. something stupid, people are going to remember. Oh, that was that's like that your wasn't too, That's now you're going to be known as Facebook. What, yeah, or Facebook. Because <laughs> everybody's going to say, no. "Oh, we're going to get we're going to get him on Facebook." Oh, that's just now. That's it. So. But it's it. I've been tagged in posts. It's like, Brent, you know, at Brent, this is that guy. You know, it's just like thoughts and what's wrong with This is the way I look at it. I'd rather do it myself because then I'll feel the gratification of actually figuring it out. Because yeah, there's a lot to be said that for that. Is like, it's, like the, it's like a high that I'm trying, you're trying to achieve. And it looks like she's ready. She is. <laughs> she is definitely ready. She's doing the cuteness. She's giving the <laughs> She's cuteness. She's giving you the eyes. <laughs> She's giving you the Maxi- cute eyes. Maxine, the broken token pup, is ready to go outside. Man, I, thank you so much for, for coming over and setting in. We, you know, I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure Whitney does. Hey, I, I'm here for you guys. I love this show. I've been listening since episode one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll give you a tip on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Give me some tips on basically how to repair stuff. We'll, t- we'll call get it you taken care of. All right. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'll am i be here anytime you guys need. Well, I greatly appreciate it. You know, we don't have wit. Oh, real quick. I wanted to make sure we hit on this too. Grand Old Game Room Expo. Whitney and I will be down in Nashville. And, that, you know, that's November 8th through the 10th. So make sure you check that out. We should have one more show out uh, just before 
So this is, this is, I guess this is about your 30 day call. Hey, look, go to the show, come see us. It's a great show. 45 or 47, really. Say so we'll have another show in a month and then it will be about uh, eight to 10 days because it's on the eighth before the show hits. So this is your last real call to, you know, get in unless you're going to do it at the last minute. And that's always possible too. The hotel's great. Uh, all the info is out on Grand Ole expo.com that's grand o l e expo.com and like i said you know come out and see us whitney and i we were generally asked to give a little presentation so you know sure we'll be speaking we try to do a, an aside later in the evening after dark to borrow the the terminology from the sfge folks we'll we try to do something like that as well a lot of opportunity to see a lot of nice games and uh you know just come hang out with everybody other than that facebook <laughs> facebook.com uh slash broken token and uh, whitney does the twitter thing we know about me and tweeting at broken token and uh, you know we haven't dove into instagram yet maybe i think we'll i'm going on two years now and i haven't opened my twitter account. oh may oh whitney whitney you know no to whitney maybe we should get jim to become our social media manager <laughs> <laughs> so they can so yeah yeah so you'd be you, you got to do more than i do uh, uh at least on twitter so yeah check us out facebook and twitter and you know brokentoken.com and come see us at the grand old game room expo Oh, and I've had another note. One more thing I also wanted to mention. Coming soon, we've talked a lot about Rec Bar. Looks like they're going to open New Albany around November 4th. That's what they're shooting Ooh. for. So if you're in the area, or twice even if you're not, the area. come check it out. Twice as many, is it twice as many games, or is it just it's, double the area? I Honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen the floor plan. Okay. They've got a lot of space to work with, and I'm sure they're going to fill it up. They've got a Hercules Atari Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Uh, yep. Hopefully that'll be there for the opening. We'll see. I've actually got to get synced up with the guys here soon. And I like supporting the local community. And, you know, they're a big factor in the community at this point. And I've got the opportunity to do it. So I, actually I need to get synced up with them and try to try to help push them there across the finish line. I know they'll get it there, even without me. I'm just a merely a figurehead in my own mind, Jim. I have... Mongo just pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> Mongo just pawn in Game of Life. If you don't understand that <laughs> reference, you should. <laughs> yes. All right. So Whitney's not here, so I'll say it. Uh, oh, or do you want to say it? I got something. Oh, go ahead. When I was on this show the last time, you guys said this. Okay. And I kind of go blah, 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 like that because I I always thought it was like the first couple of shows there was some kind of different saying to end the show. Am I wrong or am I well, right? Well, for, for the first several shows that I recall, it was Game On. And okay. then somewhere in the middle of all this, which, and I don't understand why, uh, Whitney added, keep your quarters clean, and he's just always run with it. Okay. No. I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. No. Just one day he said it, and then uh, it stuck. Okay. <laughs> keep, keep your, your quarters, quarters clean, clean and, and Game, game On. on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. 
drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Keep your quarters clean and game on. Keep your quarters clean and game on.